Hey, real quick, if you're a return listener and you love low-value mail as much as I love doing it, please just do me a solid, leave a rating, leave a review. It really does help. All right, on to the show. Oh, shit. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another low-value stream of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast with your host, me, Danny Paulschuk. Got my Scrote Tears mug with a little uh, New York H2O in it. <sighs> no, those are actual the tears of Scrotes that I'm drinking. Shout out uh, to all the Scrotes, the negative value men, the low value men. I mean, if we have high value men watching this too, shout out to you. I, uh, I, I consider myself a scrote. Are the posters new? If you're talking about the image, uh, we had someone someone made that for me. I'm t- contemplating if that should be a T-shirt, the low-value female apartment with like the live, laugh, love, and all that stuff. That seemed like that'd be a funny T-shirt, right? Anyways, uh, thanks for everybody for joining me. I have a confession to make. I cheated on y'all a bit. It was not my fault. I went and did Who Are These Podcasts, which is a very funny podcast uh, with Carl. And uh, I was talking to him and then about the female dating strategy. And they had covered female dating strategy on Who Are These Podcasts, but he wasn't there for that episode. So then we listened to a little bit of the most recent female dating strategy podcast. I cheated a bit. I can tell you that these chicks are batshit as crazy. Batshit crazy as ever. Batshit as crazy. Guys, I'm losing it. Um. Hold on a second. I'm going to just say uh, one thing. If we hit 100 likes, I did this last time, um, I'll, uh, I'll give away a channel membership. Uh, hold on. I'm giving away a membership. And so we're doing episode uh, 10 and 11 and maybe more. You never know because there might be a skip. Last episode, we were listening on one and a quarter speed. We were listening to one and a half speed at some point, maybe two. No, one and a half. We never got to two. So, anyways, that that's that's what worked for us. Um, but let's do this. So I cheated a little bit. I, I I've been looking at their Twitter. These chicks' Twitter is crazy. Go check out Female Dating Strategy uh, podcast, and then in the it links all their Twitters. I don't want to follow them because I don't want to get them to get get them them to know that uh what I'm doing quite yet. So I, I didn't follow them, but uh they tweet some wild ass shit. Not even necessarily stuff about dating, just culture and nonsense. So anyways, without further ado, episode ten, episode eleven of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. I don't know why I do this to myself. I don't know why you guys are letting me do this to myself. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash lowvaluemail. You can get the audio-only version of this, all sorts of other shit, access to the low-value-mail call-in after show. Oh, we have a good time. Anyways, you guys know what's up. You know what's up. There'll be t-shirts soon. Um, let's just let's do this. May God have mercy on our, all of our souls. Let's go. I just want to make a brief announcement about the state of the pod. We've been getting tons of amazing feedback from women, and it's become very clear to us that a lot of women are thirsty for this type of content. This is a niche in women's media that is desperately needed and has been neglected for a very I can't tell you one thing. One year later, they have still not fixed their audio issues. So if you think, hey, they're going to definitely get a better mix of the podcast, no. Very long time. 
and we really want to be able to make more content, there's just one problem, and that's money. We would love to be able to quit our day jobs and work for- right, blah, blah, yeah. blah, I skipped that. I hope that's okay. ...things to come. Thank you. What's up, queens? What's up, queens? The female Dating Strategy Podcast. I'm your host, Ro. I'm Savannah. And this is Lilith. Oh, yeah, one other thing. Sorry to cut it stop uh, keep pausing this but uh the bingo cards i keep forgetting about the bingo cards and then i went and looked but someone made them this guy taz made the bingo cards and i don't have access to the file to because i need to add more stuff in there to get there needs to be more options because people are getting bingo too easy so anyways if someone i i posted in the discord if anybody's in there but hopefully we can get that sorted out uh soon. thanks okay and today we're gonna talk about why men today are so much more terrible, it seems like, than men of previous generations. But it first, seems that way. Before that, we got our very first roast a scrot. Oh shit! They got their first roast a scrot. I can't wait for this. This is exciting. Someone. So this would be their first patron who roasted a scrot. Yeah, about to put some chestnuts over the roasting fire. Welcome Ooh. to the first ever FDS barbecue. I wish we need a theme song. We need something that's like chestnuts roasting on. No, it. you don't. Something like that. I don't know. I mean, it's May. It's barbecue season. You know, we've been locked up in our igloos all winter. I'm that's the Canadian for you. Clearly. Okay, so this roast to scrot is submitted from our Patreon subscriber, Amrita. She says, "Allow me to share with you a story from my pygmy days, set at the beginning of the pandemic." I had just escaped an abusive pick me day. So okay, so this is recent. And had recently moved to a new city to start a job, so I took some time to walk down to the boardwalk and read a book as it was a nice sunny day. Not thirty minutes go by before a guy comes and sits on the bench closest to mine, and I can feel him practically boring holes into the side of my head while I try to ignore him. Eventually, he remarks in the sunset, and I decided to humor him, because why not? He said he worked at a bank in the city and seemed well-adjusted enough and not unattractive in any way. Eventually, he gives me his number as he's, quote-unquote, left his phone at home and asked me to text him. I bemusedly accept and walk away without any intention of doing so, but a day or two passes, and I'm becoming increasingly bored again, so I think, why not? He asks me if I'd be interested in a picnic date with a view of the city, and I accept. On the day of the date, he texts me to meet him in front of the W Hotel. But when I get there, he's nowhere to be found. Now it's about nine degrees outside, and I'm very much not a warm weather person, so I decide to just text him and wait in the lobby. About 15 to 20 minutes go by, and he finally calls me. He asks me where I am with a tinge of irritation in his voice, and I tell him I'm waiting in the lobby, to which he becomes even more annoyed and tells me to come outside. I exit the building and look around, and there he is across the street. So I brush it off and go over to meet him. I'm surprised he's not carrying any picnic supplies with him, but he asked me if I'd like to take a quick walk along the boardwalk and then grab takeout, which is fine by me. Immediately, he starts speed walking down the boardwalk, and though I'm a pretty fast walker myself, I'm wearing heels and a dress, which make it uncomfortable <laughs> to keep up. See, that, see, they thought we were crazy when we said that speed walking is a red flag. Yes, yeah. yeah we you know what? That, that, that... If you walk, anybody who knows me knows I walk so fast. Everybody gets so bothered with it. So there you go. I'm a scrot. Dump him. Hell yeah. If he walks in front of you, if he walks in front of you. Okay, but women walk so slow. Oh my god, I literally have this issue with my girlfriend because she just she's on her phone and she just walks slow. And then I just am walking with a purpose. I'm trying to get somewhere. Dump him. 
Yeah. yeah, because it's a huge red flag. Yeah, it's like a deliberate power play because any man knows if you dress up and you got heels on, it's going to take you a while to catch up with them. So- Obviously not with heels. Yeah, yeah, that would be like if you're just peace out. And so just usually a gentleman or a man who is the least bit considerate would like offer you his arm. They'll match your pace. Yeah, or walk at your pace. They know this. He should know this. All right, so. He starts vaguely talking about work without giving any specifics, and so I listen politely and then respond with a lighthearted work story of my own, which seems to annoy him slightly, and he quickly changes the subject without even bothering to ask what it is I do. I'm a doctor, and it's pretty relevant to my personal dating life, so I usually put it out there early, but I literally could not get a word in. Oh, man. So many red flags. Anyway, at this point, I'm (laughs) sweltering hot and ask if we can make a pit stop at a cafe or something so I can pick up a cold drink, which he agrees to, and speeds off towards a nearby restaurant, which is fully booked. I mean, there is a potential that she goes, I'm a doctor in gender studies. He goes, well, let me tell you about what's wrong with the New York Giants. While telling me that he doesn't drink, but is perfectly fine if I do. I eventually managed to tell him that I meant a non-alcoholic drink because I was thirsty. And he brushes it off saying, I don't have to be nice for his sake his sake and that he has drinks at his apartment which is only around the corner oh this is a date rapist fuck this guy what is going on like the the line about oh i don't drink but i don't mind if you have one well oh how charitable of him to allow me to drink some water (laughs) see this is what i'm saying like there's all these little tells and individually men act like we're crazy but like the staring Mm -hmm. her down the being 15 to 20 minutes late the walking too fast yeah this guy sounds like a piece of shit like i'm not even irritated with her yeah already getting irritated oh too loud for the queens oh my god this is just like escalating escalating but if you say these individually like you guys are overreacting bullshit no we're not okay so now i know this was a stupid idea and trust me, I would never the levels do okay? this now, but at the time I thought, why not? I'm parched and overheating and none of the cafes were allowing people to sit down anyway. So maybe it would be fine to just grab a glass of orange juice at his place. I'm scared. This feels like in a horror movie when like the, they walk down into the basement and you're at the end of your seat. Like, oh no. It's almost telling how calculating this guy oh. is. It hurts. Sounds like yeah, a psycho. He's so, so shady. Like, he knew exactly what he was doing. And just that sounds just crazy. Creeps. So she says how wrong I was. Of course. It's okay. We all been there, sis. Well, maybe not this, but not this specifically. But <laughs> this guy's a scrub. Uh, we finally get to his apartment, which is up literally five flights of rickety ass stairs, and I'm desperate for a glass of this water. This might be, guys, this might be me. Honestly, I'm like, is this me? Because I live uh, up until recently in a fifth floor apartment. Apartment seems clean enough, if a little oddly decorated, but I've seen worse, so I brush it off. I want to know by oddly decorated. Is there taxidermy? What kind of oddly decorated? I need details. But not even just that. I feel like if you're already telling yourself, well, it's not that bad. Oh, leave. Oh, you are not impressed by that man by that time. Every time I've had that feeling and I didn't immediately leave, I regret it because it never gets better, ladies. Whatever state you see his home in, that is the best he can do. That's the best he can do. Uh, So uh, he's been talking nonstop this entire time. But to be honest, I didn't hear a thing until he opened the fridge door. He says he doesn't have ice juice milk or anything but he does have a few why is she still on this date shot with him? bottles of jack daniels which he keeps for his friends i again tell him that i'm how really how old is this guy it sounds like he's like 21 or something just interested in the water but he places one down in front of me anyway before returning to the sink and filling up a glass with tap water now i'm not squeamish about tap water but this water was literally lukewarm if not actually warm 
I drink it down anyway. And of course, he's been talking the entire time about how he decorated his apartment with paintings he bought at Goodwill. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. That's that's weird. Yeah, not to like like dismiss Goodwill or anything, but I don't. Was that supposed dismiss to dismiss Goodwill? Art that's is, what like, you're about to do. And the reason why you brag about your art a frat is dude. She's like, and yeah, and uh, I didn't really care for every beer can that he had ever had just up on the wall. Okay. Uh, I decided to take a sip of the whiskey to be polite. Oh, no. Oh, what my God. is <laughs> wrong with this chick? <laughs> I'm upset because I'm like, oh, that's so dangerous. Like this guy, uh, he's, he's got all the talk? signs of being a creep, right? Like every single one. And then if you drink whiskey at his house and you don't know what he put in that bottle before you got there. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my heart. My heart can't take it, love. Um, she says, I decided to take a sip of the whiskey to be polite, but it was too somehow warm, despite being in his fridge. Maybe because he was busy roofing it. <laughs> oh, come uh, on. There's so few guys actually doing roofies. That's on. That's just on. I couldn't way. manage more than one sip. Eventually, I convinced him that we're going to miss the sunset, and we head out to the restaurant to pick up dinner. Oh, my God. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Once at the restaurant, we put in our orders, and as the waitress is turning around to tell the kitchen, he yells out that he wants separate checks. <laughs> I mean, again, just think of the type of girl who put up with all of this and then is now listening to the female dating strategy podcast. I don't think she's the... I mean, I guess she is kind of a catch because she's a doctor, but again, doctor in what? It, she could be a doctor in witchcraft. was though time slowed down for a moment and the waitress locked eyes with me silently asking me why and i had no answer <laughs> i was still a pick me though he wants to wait outside in the sweltering heat i put my foot down and we wait inside while waiting he talks about how much he loves to travel and where he wants to go next i tell him about the places i visited and he expresses some interest in going there i say something to the effect of well you probably have to wait for a few months at least and he asks why i'm a bit confused at the question but i carefully note that we're at the cusp of a historic pandemic and he shrugs it off saying that he doesn't believe it's really that bad and that the media is exaggerating i cite, i start citing statistics but stop short patients who passed away in front of me because it feels like a conversation that i no longer want to have with him out of everything that was the moment where i decided i'd never see him again but somehow i still felt compelled to go through his dinner and at this point it was almost out of morbid curiosity than anything else let me take a deep breath. And <laughs> that is fuck this guy. Fuck the horse he rode in on. Fuck. His I like him. Ass hot apartment. <laughs> fuck his goodwill paintings. Fuck his hot ass whiskey. Whoa. Fuck his, like, what else? Fuck his five flights of stairs. Fuck his rickety ass stairs. All right. One more. So we speed by the park, each carrying our own plastic bag of food. I thought at the very <laughs> least we'd be sitting on a picnic bench, but no. He settles down, cross-legged on the rain-soaked grass, stating that it had been a few hours and was dry now. Mind you, I'm wearing a white dress, but at this point I was committed. So I hunted around for a dry enough spot and settled down. No. <laughs> no. It's okay. You know what? Because like this seems no, like. See, see, like this chick also sucks. Here's what happens. Who does she think she is? Grass is um, it'll like soak through. It'll make you look like you shit your pants if you're wearing a white dress. Like ask me how I know. So inconsiderate of him. What a scrot. Anyway. <laughs> this picnic Get him. spent with me stuffing myself with dinner as quickly as possible while he packed, waxed poetic about the way the light reflected off the buildings across the oh, water. Baby. Oh, this guy Look is so this. full of shit. Yeah. So Think guys like poetry? He's, like, he's trying to like set the mood. Like this loser. Okay. I had taken a few ar architecture classes in college, so I remarked here and there about <laughs> I remarked here and there about the styles of the buildings he was pointing out. But this very obviously annoyed him and he ignored my input completely. Because you're messing up his monologue. 
he has a whole like this is his whole spiel he practiced this shit it's supposed to seduce you he sounds like a narcissist and he's just annoyed that she's not following the script yeah yes Yes, narcissist, 100%. 100%. Uh, Eventually, I was left longingly staring at the cute guy playing soccer with a few of the children at the park while my date amused himself with the sound of his own voice until I got a word in and headed home. At the time, I was not a big proponent of blocking or ghosting because I thought it was mean. I know better now. I thought he'd get the hint when I told him I was busy the first time or the (laughs) second time or the third or even the fourth. But eventually, I decided to break it to him kindly and let him know we weren't a good match. He instantly started sending me a bunch of vile messages calling me <laughs> gold digger because Don't he paid for an airplane shot of JT. Okay. Uh, what? God. Okay. I was actually a bit. This is too, honestly, I. Th- this is the story where I go like, this is just too elaborate. Like, I believe it. I, I don't even. Him know exactly what I thought of him as well before blocking him forever. Luckily, I didn't lose anything more that, than an afternoon, but I certainly learned my lesson. Got Sorry a good for the story long story. I really didn't know how to cut it down. And thank you, ladies, for everything you do. I know I speak for more than myself when I say you're literally lifesavers. I was dumb as hell. Don't be me. I, it's okay. But I feel like this makes me want to tell. Should I, like, should I uh, pour out a little uh, scrote tears on my lap right now for this dude? <laughs> Tell a bunch of stories about my really bad dates because oh man do i ever have yeah we've all had we've had things like this so this really took place over one afternoon i felt like it was like multiple dates with the i kind of agree there <laughs> that's a lot of bollocks <laughs> i hope this dude was like one of the locations. wouldn't it be great if this dude was like one of the nelk boys or something it was just a camera crew like just following around all day it's just a straight prank yeah <laughs> without paying for shit and like none of them were good Gosh, sis, wow. So he speed walked down the boardwalk and then he took her to his place to have a sip of warm, <laughs> warm whiskey. But no, first he takes her to the W Hotel and then doesn't take her to the W Hotel. Tells him her to meet her him there so they can take her somewhere else to his like ratchet ass apartment. That is like peak like scrote audacity. Well, like, I don't know about that because you still got to meet in a public place. That's just a landmark. I don't know. If you say meet me at the Empire State Building, you know, I don't, you're not representing you. Oh, you're going to stay at the Empire State Building. Yeah, meet me at this hotel and then not actually take her to the hotel. Right? That's like that's like the ultimate example. I mean, nobody guys have been like, hey, meet me in my hotel room for a first day and chicks are like, uh, no. Like a guy who's poor, but who wants to seem like he's rich. Yeah, and the whole thing that was crazy to me was like, what, he paid for, he didn't even pay for her dinner, and he's already talking about gold diggers? Excuse me. It's like he, like, purposely, so this is one of those guys that's, like, pathologically cheap. He might not even really be broke, but the fact that he was bragging about his Goodwill stuff is, like, he's trying to test her boundaries to see, like, if she, is she going to freak out because it's not expensive? <laughs> you know, it's like he, he's, the whole time he's testing your boundaries, testing your boundaries around, like, trying to make her feel like you know uh bad for asking for basic courtesy oh my god <laughs> I hate that. probably gets his mom to shave his head or whatever because he's got him to go to an actual barber like stuff like that yeah and you just know he has like that uh it was a pandemic there were no barbers you stupid weird five o'clock shadow beard that doesn't completely grow in all the way but like his face is all red all the time because all he does is have jack daniels in his house what? What are they talking? Is this what the roasting is? Oh my god! This is like they think they're Amy Schumer or something. This is a guy who subsists on Jack Daniels. Yeah, he doesn't. Is have this the roast? Water, oh, but he geez. has Jack Daniels. Like, oh my god, that's so predatory, though. Like, just that's so predatory on your house, just off your guests, especially female guests. <laughs> so predatory. I almost had a date like predatory. that with once, where I was going to meet a guy, and you almost had he him. just decided to like. I guess he 
was shit testing me because he canceled last minute and then i was like it was literally like half an hour before the date so i'm already made up and everything and he's like oh i'm not feeling well so how about you just come to my place instead and we can drink some whiskey and i was like hell was it the same guy no even when i was a pick me in my deepest darkest pick me days even that was like no no for me and if he's no. not feeling well why is he drinking alcohol right yeah I don't know what this guy is. Yeah. It's called the lie. If I, if I had gone to his place, I'm sure I would have. he would have been wearing like sweatpants. He was probably just too lazy to get out of bed. Good for him. Sweatpants are very trendy. I can, in Canada, I can smell it from here in England. That is complete bollocks. Yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> the wafting waves of bullshit. <laughs> the waft of bullshit. <laughs> just rocking you back and forth in your chair. Uh, yeah, so this guy, I've decided his name is... I'd say J.D. Scroat. J.D. Scroat. Whiskey. J.D. Scroat. That's a funny uh, name. That's the name of this episode. The name of this episode is now J.D. Scroat. Yes, let's go with that one. Let's just call him Whiskey Dick because he is a dick. He is an asshole. Whiskey Dick's not bad, too. I like J.D. Scroat, though. So he's Whiskey Dick. Cool. Yeah, he's an asshole. And he's emanating that small dick energy as well. Cheap ass, bottom oh, barrel, like got show, house whiskey dick. The, the fact that he got annoyed whenever she spoke, I've noticed that with some guys where it's like they literally just fucking hate women and they hate when women speak, but they still. But you hate men and you hate when men speak. They'll have to, like, they force themselves to go through the motions of what they think they have to do in order to get sex. So, yeah, fuck that guy. I hate him. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, so fuck this guy with a rusty wire. And oh, that's your scrote of the week. Bottle of whiskey and cuts his feet on it. I hope he trips down <laughs> those fucking rickety ass stairs one day. Whoa! I hope the next time he tries Wait, to speed, walk to in front of a woman, he trips over a manhole and falls in. <laughs> this is literally this is the, they think this is like that Wu-Tang album where it's like torture motherfucker I fucking I fucking hope he trips into a manhole and falls in the manhole <laughs> <laughs> alright thank you Amrita for this story that's our first roast to scrote yeah and if you would like to submit your own roast to scrote please visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy and sign up for uh, one of our tiers that offers a raffle ticket to enter your own your raffle to scrote Nasus or queen shit story, which we'll read aloud. Oh, it's a raffle ticket. We'll it's not even a guarantee. Roast or absolutely flame Barilla the guy like we did in this last segment. <laughs> Yay. 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 All right. Yay. That's what I do. Yay. Um, okay. So let's transition to our main topic for today. There's just so much in our culture that's happened in the past you know, 10, 20, 30 years or so that I think is contributing to a lot of our dating problems. So we're going to dissect that today. And All I right. think we're pointing, we're pointing the finger to porn, red pill, video games, boomer relationship dynamics. So, so it seems to me that they're back kind of um, – they've, they've, they've come back to their theme Makes a bit the more because they were all over the place. With the dating strategy, so it seems Super like they're women, trying to you know, the, the find a bit of a north star archetypal here. Archetypal superwoman. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk on the subreddit about have men always been low value? Have men always been trash, or are they just <laughs> recently trash? In fact, you see the same conversation about this sort of crisis of masculinity that we're seeing. Good you see question. that same conversation happening in the manosphere, and they tend to blame feminism because a lot of these negative qualities that men are showing nowadays started to pop up around the time that feminism started to happen. So obviously, you know, feminism is an easy scapegoat. And we should all put women back in the kitchen and problem solved, right? Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Roasted. Boom. Not just because of feminism. They tend to blame feminism for things that are 
caused by global economic factors, things like um, jobs, right? Like they'll say, oh, it's because feminists flooded the workforce, and that's why men aren't getting paid that much nowadays, which is not true. It's mostly because of automation and because of jobs being shipped over. Yeah, like the auto blow. That's mostly the reason why wages have stagnated. Well, they, they I don't know. <laughs> In the United States, our 40-hour workweek standard was based on the man working outside the home and the woman staying home. So now with two times the workforce than it used to be when the labor laws are put into place, arguably what happened was a lot of men who otherwise would have had a woman at home doing like all the domestic labor, most women work now. And so they're less willing to do those things. So they look at it as if like, oh, feminism is ruining women now because they're not as domestic as women of years past. But the understanding was that women of years past would spend... Well, I mean, if you make money. twice as much money, though, I'm sure there's not that many guys who are like, yeah, I hate having twice as much money, but I just have less chores done, and then you take that money and you get those chores done. I'm in the home with a single male earner, which is not the case anymore. I reject this, I guess if you call it a, a thesis, <laughs> that feminism is the cause of all of the, the world's woes, because women in this system of one man earning an income, it didn't work out for a lot of women. A lot of women ended up financially dependent and, you know, were abused or couldn't escape their abuser. And if you were lucky enough to marry a good man, then, you know, that could work out for you. But if you were unlucky, then you had no recourse. Yeah, or or they just had interests other than washing their husband's drawers for 40 years you know they wash his drawers i'm saying like that's the other subtext of this is that it's weird when you hear a white woman just say draws he goes washes draws for a lot of women although they might love their children they have other talents and skills that they want to utilize in the world and i think that's a very human thing that a lot of women were robbed of because of the idea that you were always supposed to focus on being a domestic servant to your husband first. It's ludicrous. And I feel like they should have been focusing on the ills of capitalism rather than saying the solution is that uh, women go back to being domestic servants when so many of us clearly don't want to do that. Or we're, incap it's in we're not able to do that because it's predicated on one man providing enough money to support an entire family, which is just increasingly Putting only on available to speed. the uber rich Starting so boringly. people who are making over three hundred thousand dollars a year yeah the solution that's too fast let me know but we're going 1.25 not to send women back to the kitchen boys <laughs> <laughs> we ain't going sorry the red pill we're not going back in the kitchen like that ship has sailed you have to drag somebody some of you are back there <laughs> yeah so um my interpretation of this like oh feminism ruined relationships or feminism ruined if people don't like this by the way say something and then i'll put it back to regular speed dating or whatever it's not that uh feminism ruined it it's just that men have refused to adapt to the reality of feminism men love to blame feminism for ruining society when in fact it's just because first off society's not ruined i don't know where this talk of so we're not living in a ruins like a ruined society. Society is fine. There's, it has its issues. It's not ruined. Men don't want to do chores. That's it. Literally all of Western society collapsing because men don't want to do the fucking dishes. One of the biggest... Do you think Western society is collapsing because men don't want to do the dishes? The causes for why men are low value nowadays is because of what I call boomer relationship dynamics, where you have a man and a woman. They both work. The boomer generation was the first generation where women were out in the workforce, like maximizing their potential in full force. And then you got the whole like, oh, ladies, you can have it all working full-time and cooking and cleaning yeah superwoman basically the career mom wonder woman you know immune to sleep deprivation only sleeps three hours a night working 18 hour days every single day and fuck that like i feel like 18 so, hours so many kids growing up watching that dynamic 
like men of our generation, millennial generation, watch that and they go, oh, like as a man, all I have to do is work and that's it. And I don't have to contribute to the house. And then as a woman, you know, growing up in that dynamic, you look at that and you think, oh, like I have to do everything. I have to manage my time like perfectly. I have to cook and clean and work and do everything. But there's also like, again, she's saying cook and clean. Like those are the only types of chores that exist. What about, you know, anybody who owns a yard? Generally, there's some sort of demarcation in these, you know, like in these responsibilities, like where a lot of times the guys will do all the hard yard stuff and then the women do the indoor stuff. And it seems like a fairly decent trade off. And so that's how you end up with the low value man pick Misha dynamic. And I was even seeing on Twitter, because that's not just within the parents. Sometimes that's within the sibling dynamic as well. So a lot of times the eldest daughter takes on that role in the family towards the other siblings. Parentified, yeah. Right. Very, very parentified. It's not entirely clear to me how that became the preferred method for women to operate in order to prove they were feminist or progressive or capable. It almost seems like men just negged them to death about how they weren't able to do anything and that women were worthless and useless. And so their response was to become super women to prove that they could do it all. Yeah. And what's the point? If, if guys were so smart, our motivational abilities are so good that we're able to create this type of super woman with just our nagging abilities, we should be applauded. But like they're proving it to like guys who were low value scrotes to begin with. So then they almost just got manipulated or tricked into taking on way more of the burden than they needed to in order to gain what they thought was going. Shout out to all the super women who are super women in spite of the scrotes. In order to do something they thought would gain them respect. That's exactly it. Like women would do this because they thought that it would earn respect in men's eyes and if anything it's it's been the opposite I, like men actually seem to respect women even less when we can do it all it's almost like the role of the woman has evolved or as the role of the man has regressed because even in some circles even if you say you want a guy with a decent job you're now a gold digger that's how much we've regressed in this relationship dynamic that even wanting a guy with a job now is enough to get you i think was it gwen guthrie wrote that song um ain't nothing going on but the rent one of my favorite songs and when it came out in the I think in the late 80s she was lambasted and called materialistic because she wanted to date a guy well that was the 80s that was the 80s different time yeah we get called classist on fds all the time because we want to date a guy who's not unemployed because that makes us elitists, apparently. I just question exactly what they expect women to do in that situation. It, it just seems like, again, they want us to do their... Again, you're allowed to have whatever preferences you want. If your preference as a woman is you say, I will not date any man that is worth less than exactly $1 billion, that is your right. You might die alone. You'll probably die alone, but that's your right. Free emotional labor of building these guys up. And the question is why? It's not generally something that's reciprocal. They don't, they don't have the tool set, and I don't think most of them were socialized to have the tool set, and they don't even know where to begin. So it's really unfair to expect women to keep extending ourselves in this area when it's become clear that we did not create a culture in which men could meet uh, value with value in kind. Even when women do extend themselves, you end up with situations where the woman's like, quote unquote, nagging, a.k.a. she asked him to do something and he just doesn't. And so she has the option of either just, I guess, shutting up and never asking him for anything or just like asking him again. And it's I feel like when men listen, that's nagging. And women, it's like they don't even hear the words coming out of our mouths. It's just like the Charlie Brown voice. Like, <laughs> this is this is so real. Uh, like That's how men think women talk. They just think, oh, I don't have to listen to this. Yeah, that's that's passive aggressive avoidance of the issue. That, oh, God. That, 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 By the way, we're at 65 likes right now. We got 100 and something viewers. Give this the uh, stream a like and I'm going to give away a channel membership once we hit 100 likes. This Go makes for it. my the hairs in the back of my neck 
stand up because I'm so angry because I've had that in a relationship. Yeah. And so it's really just like men's failure to step up. And if anything, like they see the fact that women have started to work and they think that they can put in even less effort. Like guys nowadays, they want a woman who will do 50-50 on the bills and do all the cooking and cleaning for them. They want they want that gravy train that they saw their dad grow up with, right? Even more so because now, Uh-oh. I mean, with the influence of porn, you know, with our parents' generation, porn was probably, you know, rather tame in comparison to what it is now, at least in the mainstream variety. And now, the, and even back then, there wasn't an expectation that your wife would have to perform like a porn star. But now, you know, that's an expectation that a lot of men have going into relationships that, you know, female sexuality works how porn works and that the kind of dirty, degrading, abusive stuff that uh, men would typically, you know, go into a, a a theater in the bad side of town and hide and watch <laughs> and know that ah, it wasn't appropriate to treat women that way. Now it's just sort of an expectation that women tolerate that, even if you're just like, this is completely unenjoyable for me in every single way. Oh, man, there is so much I could say about porn and how it's ruined relationships. I think that's probably the single most destructive thing that's happened to relationships in the past 20 years. And it's just, yeah, you're right. And it's also the rise of things like kink shaming, where if you question if someone's fetish or, or what they're into, you know, you're the one with the problem. It's you know nothing to do with them. It's entirely your problem. Stuff like that. Yeah. And like, you know, it's wild. Yeah. Whenever I talk to men about porn, either online or even in real life, um, if, if I say something along the lines of like, I feel like porn makes men see women as objects and makes men want to treat women in a degrading way. And, you know, it makes me feel bad when my boyfriend watches porn or whatever. There's always guys who are like, well, I don't think it affects me. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like there's count- there's countless women out there just screaming from the rooftops talking about how porn has ruined relationships. And then men are out there just being like, well, I don't think it's a problem. Yeah, but women are sometimes ruined relationships too. Lots of stuff ruins relationships. Problem. Yeah. Like just because you personally are not being harmed by this problem uh, doesn't mean it's not a problem. And they fail to experience intimacy as well. But when you've grown up, I mean, you know, exposure to porn now is getting younger and younger. People are now being exposed to porn from the ages of 8, 10, 12, you know, really, really young. I was born in 1983. I still saw porn when I was nine years old. You don't you don't realize just how warped it makes your view of sex. So things like intimacy and, um, you know, emotional connection, all those things are just completely lost on on these men if they grow up watching porn completely lost on them i don't know about that because they literally don't see women as humans and they'll argue with this but like i totally see women as humans it almost doesn't matter if a man disagrees the fact that women are out there saying that this is how they make them feel that makes it that makes it real right i mean in some of it it's- no it doesn't i have a whole joke about this but just because a woman feels a certain way does not make those feelings true your feelings are not gospel they're your feelings they're wrong sometimes it's just it's the creepy coomer energy that's sometimes hard to describe right you can feel when a man is so deep in his porn consumerism that he the way that he reacts to you feels creepy it feels like he's looking at you like a sexual object like a piece of meat that every interaction with you has some kind of hidden sexual agenda and we call these guys creeps and they don't really understand like women are just calling guys creeps because they're just look some dudes are creepy as shit i see it every day they are but come on ugly i'm like no it's because you have creepy ass coomer energy and i don't really know how to explain to them that even if we don't know you're watching porn we know through your behavior we can feel observe and like uh, i mean a good guess is like i don't know almost everybody uh, we can feel and observe your behavior in a tangible way that's very difficult for men to grasp yeah you know how people used to say that if you masturbated too much you'd grow hairy palms you remember that <laughs> yeah so obviously that's a myth right? you don't literally grow hairy palms. obviously guys that's a myth obviously when you masturbate but i feel like that's one of those things that they would tell men so that they would know that like oh if you masturbate too much or watch a bunch of porn like 
it's it's going to come through in your energy and like people will know right and people will judge you yeah exactly so i just want all the men out there who watch porn every day i just want you to know that every single woman around you knows and it's okay real. and uh women i just want you to know that every single time you see a guy there's a 15 percent chance he's masturbated in the last 20 minutes and that he's masturbated in the last 24 hours i don't know 97 percent of the time maybe yeah more. <laughs> They have like they look at you weird. The way they like can't always look you fully in the eye, and like they're it's just so weirdly sexual for no reason, <laughs> like all the time. And the way they're so like quick to bring up sex as well. It's like Ew. it's just so weird. Yeah, I haven't liked that with dating apps, especially because they'll they'll literally write <laughs> why you fit their physical qualifications, and it will just sound like their search results in Pornhub, right? A lot of times, the way that they come on to women is very much how they would objectify a woman in porn. You fit my porn category. You fit my porn preferences, and that's why I like you. That's not a compliment. Okay? I wonder what porn category Savannah would be. I'll continue. Okay. And especially women of color as well on dating. I mean, this could be a whole other episode. Oh, we get- well, we got a little more. I mean, I think we knew what Savannah looked like, but we're getting a little more insight. A lot, a lot. It is interesting how she sounds. Just by the sound of her voice, you kind of have a pretty good understanding of what she looks like. And and everybody's guessed it and everybody's been right. It's like, you know, one of the first things guys will say to me is, oh, I've never been with a black chick before. I'm just like, okay. Um, I don't really know what to say to that because it's like you're instantly fetishized straight away. You know what's wild is like porn people, like people who are pro-porn will say like people of the porn. <laughs> I, I'm just going to call them porn people. Like men and women who love porn, they will say things like, They'll they try to argue that porn is progressive because it doesn't uh, discriminate like racially. Like there, sex work is real work. From the back, everybody. They're black women in porn. They're Asian women in porn. They're Latinas in porn. And I'm like, have you yes. seen these fucking titles? Spicy Latino, submissive Asian woman. That's not fucking progressive. I I just feel like there's this massive Maybe disconnect from what porn is to what the mainstream media says it is. But a lot of times when they're talking about porn, they have this sort of tongue-in-cheek, cutesy attitude about it. It's almost like they have they stopped watching porn in, in the 1970s, right? I'm like, have you seen what porn is today? There's nothing cute about this. There's nothing funny about this. Porn today is very, very explicitly abusive and incestuous and pedophilic in a lot of ways and obviously racist. So when they're talking about porn as a genre, they seem to kind of, it seems like they're focusing on the very, very vanilla stuff of years past and have no idea all of the like trash that's out out there today that is popular. This isn't this isn't like this stuff is relegated to the corners of the internet and that it's like a special. I mean, it's all legal thing. It's, it's literally if you go to Pornhub or X videos and you look by the most popular videos, chances are they are really, really problematic for the reasons I mentioned before. Men will straight up lie to your face and be like, "Most men don't watch abusive porn." Oh my gosh! It's oh my gosh! Either you don't think it's abusive. These chicks said they did BDSM. Like, aren't they doing that stuff that would be quote unquote abusive? Abusive I don't to like slap women or like choke women or. Pump- They're all. <sighs> Again, I've I've covered this before. Yes, men choke women, but women literally ask you to. It's not our idea. We're not giving, we're not being like, hey, you want to get choked? It's always women who are like, choke me. And then the real psychos are like, I'm on their face or whatever. Either you look at that and think that's totally fine and not abusive at all, or you're just lying. Like, you know that those things are abusive and you're just straight up lying because what you see in most porn, stuff that's like industry standard in most porn is 
degrading. They have to trick these women into doing this, and that's been uh... yeah, because women have no. If you're a you know maybe a 25 year old woman, 20, you have no agency over yourself. Unfortunately, you're just you know you get tricked. Uh, there's been several porn stars who've come out and said that. In addition to stuff like girls do porn that got sued by women who were coerced or tricked into doing things um, under the guise that they were only going to do one thing, and then they get on the set and they do something else. So they they don't even get consent you know, beforehand for a lot of these things. And then they force these women to, they force these women to consent later by saying, oh, if you don't consent, you don't get paid. You have to sign off on this release form. But then they don't know. I, I think one woman was talking about how in a porn video, she got picked up and her head got put in a toilet. She didn't know they were going to do that. Ew. They do stuff like that to these women who are young, don't understand their boundaries. And uh, then that should be a boundary for any person on earth, any job you do, whatever it is, unless it's like a plumber. The moment that they're putting your head in a toilet, I think there's some sort of violation of the deal going on here. Eight more likes away, and I'm giving away a channel membership. Say, if Go you don't agree like. to this, we're not going to pay you, right? And they already have That's control over the image. So there's just there's just anything goes. And even a lot of the seasoned porn stars, I think even Lisa Ann, she's a pretty famous porn star in like the MILF genre. She said that a lot of uh, porn stars of her generation want to get out specifically because of how violent porn has gotten like just in the course of the last 10 to 15 years so even like the vets the ones that started earlier who are still working they're just saying it's just untenable to be subjected subjected to that kind of violence all the time so they keep trying to find younger and younger girls to do these things and then spring it on them and then force them to sign these release forms and the actresses didn't even know they were going to do that like they do that when they do those racist scenes as well there's been several black actresses and asian actresses actresses who have come out and said i thought i was doing a regular shoot and i show up and there's a guy with like a confederate flag in the background right (laughs) it's stuff like that where they they don't tell these girls that's what's going on so that they can force them into doing these things i think it's very very alarming to do these things and spring it on them is they don't even seem to recognize that these violent sex acts they don't even see them as violent they don't even see it as abusive they just think that that's normal they don't see anything wrong with randomly choking out your Tinder date. And, you know, people love to say, if it's, especially I've heard, you know, men say in, in my DMs when I've written about the woes of porn, they say, well, if it's two, you know, if it's between two consenting adults, what's the problem? And, you know, first of all, consent, we've spoken about consent before on the podcast, but I think in that scenario, when a guy is horny and he's looking for a video to be off to, is he really fucked about consent? <laughs> Has he really, you know, Googled the actress? To well, that's kind of the business of the provider. I think when you're talking about that, you go, hey, was there consent given? You're like, yeah. I feel, I mean, I, um, I'll speak for myself, but I feel like there's all sorts of laws around this stuff. And if it winds up on, you know, some normal website, then you're like, yeah, there's generally this was all taken care of and she was paid and stuff, hopefully. He just, you know, selects a video, watches it, closes it. He doesn't give a shit if the actress in the video has consented or not, so long as he gets, you know, what he's looking for, which is an orgasm. So that is how they use consent in a very, very dishonest way. To make out like they're very pro consent when actually they don't care about it at all because they don't be, because they don't check if the and especially of amateur porn which is what a lot of men enjoy there is a real real risk of revenge porn in amateur porn or, or women being filmed without their knowledge and it being uploaded as amateur porn there's a yeah, lot I mean, there to be the same about guys about. I guess there's no I such know. thing as fair trade porn right yeah, not like, it's not like fair, fair that's a good idea and it's just like when women or people try to say oh there's feminist porn it's just like if you have to put the word feminist in front of porn then it's inherently not fem- it's inherently anti-feminist then surely true that's a great point because if it was empowering and feminist you wouldn't need to tack on well this is feminist porn which is a which is really niche it would just be it would just be porn right if it was feminist right exactly what? with the so-called feminist porn that is meant to be for women we never see a really hot guy or two really hot men just pleasuring the woman. That still never happens. Preach. That still what? never happens. Let's talk about polycule. Wait, is she saying like 
two guys trying to eat out a woman at the same time has, has something like that ever happened before i don't even i don't could could you really it would be a kind of like a three stooges type scenario where they'd go to both do it at the same time and then they'd knock heads and knock each other unconscious and then she'd just be like yeah i guess i guess i'll just grab the hitachi because they're both out cold club okay i've been dying to talk about this on the podcast <laughs> Okay, go for it. Okay, okay. So those of you listening who, you know, I challenge you to make what I consider like truly feminist porn. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, um, we have this one moderator called Jammies. She's like, uh, practically like a Reddit celebrity. (laughs) She had this one post saying, um, you know, oh, all you polyamorous people talking about, uh, you know, multiple girlfriends and one guy, the one penis policy or whatever. Here's what I want to see in in polyamory. I want to have like a group of guys who are all super fit and buff. And then every night, two of them fight to the death. (laughs) Maybe not fight to the death but they, they fight to the death that's that's extreme but they fight fight with each other then she has sex with the winner oh my gosh that's what i consider empowering that's my that's my kink okay don't kink shame me that's feminist porn i mean yeah Brad i mean Pitt in fight club i don't blame her yeah i mean how many times have you seen it in a movie where there's some two guys scrap and then you know whoever wins gets the girl that exists i since feel like that was partially time immemorial awakening. this is something that i've been wanting to talk about like it is hot when two guys are fighting yeah it's true <laughs> Whoever wins, I'm like, nice. And the, and the thing is, it's not even weird to say that. It's actually completely natural because in nature, males fight with each other all the time to impress females, okay? Yeah. Like bighorn sheep, deer, like a lot of species will fight with each other to impress the females. That's what females are looking for in nature. And so if I were to say, you know, oh, my kink is seeing two guys fight with each other, then I fuck the winner. People probably look at me like I'm a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fe- that's how females experience sexuality or a lot of females experience sexuality i love nba fights is that basketball fights with like what oh yeah yeah basketball basketball there's been fucking two ever what is she talking about she just watched the malice at the palace documentary great documentary if you haven't seen it oh yes 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 tall men yes please yeah i love i love hockey fights okay like so (laughs) (laughs) of course real on the nose canadian The best part of every fucking hockey game is when two guys just like, I guess they got beef and they throw the gloves off, they throw the helmets off and they just start throwing punches and stuff. Like the NHL has cracked down on that recently and I really don't like that. I actually think they should be going for more fights. <laughs> um, but I think that is fucking sexy when two guys are fighting and then whoever wins, I'm like, okay, he's a genetically superior male and I find that sexually attractive. But that's the <laughs> Yes, exactly. It's same way that guys, you know, you're with your two friends, maybe we'll say these three girls right here and then you pick the best one. You go, yeah, that... You'd be the best one to reproduce with. I don't really care about your personality. Really unacceptable thing to to say. Meanwhile, there are tons of guys out there who talk about like, oh, I want to see two girls like oil wrestling or like mud fighting or whatever. This is a thing. True. Yeah, like it's totally normal to want to see two girls fighting. Apparently, that's a that's a cat fight. A kink. That's. I mean, it's a joke. I, unless it's cyborg or something in the UFC. Like when you watch two girls oil wrestling in bikinis, like it's kind of a joke. But yeah, you know what I. I want I want this. I want Polycule Fight Club to be a thing. We should bring back the old Olympic, the old ancient Greek Olympic style where they would be butt naked and all greased up and then they would do the games that way. Oh yeah. Turkish oil wrestling. Yeah. That's uh <laughs> That's a real sport. <laughs> I'm down to see it. No, tr- so- okay, I have a rant about soccer. Okay, all the soccer fans oh, are going to hate me, but I think soccer is a sport for fucking pussies. Oh, <laughs> shot fire! For the Europeans, by the way, soccer is football. Soccer! Football! <laughs> football! <laughs> I guess it was my time to get dunked on. Yeah, no, what, I literally, okay, I cannot sit through a... You know what I think I would be awesome if someone just about, uh... Like a, a low value male soccer jersey. If someone's a good graphic designer, a low value male so- soccer jersey, football jersey... Uh, with the name JD Scrooge on the back. And how these grown ass men will like 
slightly bump into the other and the other one like takes a dive and just like the, the fact that they will actually try everybody thinks that's ridiculous that's not a chick to get like I, I don't know like they'll try to get the other guy to get a penalty or something like that. yes that's what they're trying to do they're they're it's called a flop i just think that's so pathetic and stupid ronaldo is good at that <laughs> like i cannot think of anything more unmasculine or unsexy than a guy that takes a dive after getting flicked in the ear or something they call it flopping in uh in the nba but yeah oh you don't like guys taking a dive have you ever i don't know played a chess game against the guy that you happen to win or any sort of sporting that you happen to win or anything like that it's been kind of whenever they uh start to raise or make it an advantage if you foul someone or if i was just like you know hitting someone outside of the gameplay then people just literally will like do the exact same thing as i never in a million years thought i would learn that or not learn but hear the definition of a foul a guy would just like flop like a, like an oscar-winning actor on their bellies and on their back <laughs> and yeah it is it, it is really it's always like frowned upon it's really unattractive and it just looks like they're cheating yeah it does happen in hockey a little bit um but i would say that if anything the players some of them like they don't give a fuck like they will just fight a guy and know that they're gonna get a penalty for it they just take it on the chin like they just <laughs> they don't even care uh but yeah so, some players will like take a dive but i think it's very unattractive to to take a dive like that but that's just my personal opinion Everyone, what you know, anyone honestly is what an out. insane just chick sentiment you go you know what when guys take dives it's just so unattractive but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but circling back to um, the, the topic, I, I'm going to caveat what um, you said earlier about that feminism is not the problem. I think a strand of, of uh, feminism is a massive part of the problem as to why relationship dynamics between men and women nowadays are in the toilet. And that strand of feminism is liberal feminism. The problem with liberal feminism yeah, is that they've made get em, queens. strides for equality um, in the law for men and women, but what they have either neglected or overlooked or whatever is the biological differences between men and women. You know, yes. You fucking turf pieces of shit, okay? Don't get me kicked off of youtube with this turf nonsense men and women are exactly the same there's no biological difference between them youtube do not kick me off for playing this shit you can go 50 50 on a date in in theory but you can't go 50 50 on say the maintenance it requires for a woman to look presentable you can't go 50 50 on childbirth you can't go 50 50 on instances of sexual assault you know when you know if a man you also can't go 50 50 with someone who just doesn't give a shit <laughs> I mean, isn't that basically eye for an eye with the sexual assault idea? And yeah, I don't know. Women are like, what, you want half the money? I mean, a lot of women, all the money they spend on their upkeep is paid for by a man. There's many instances of that. So exactly. Like if the other guy about? doesn't want to even meet you at 50-50, you can't. You can't. There's no legislation that will make him do that. So, and there are <laughs> biological differences between men and women that will no! reconcile. Hence the reason why things like, for example, casual sex is a bigger problem for women than it is for men. Hence the reason why, um, you know, women, you know, some women's careers, they never recover after giving birth. Like men are not affected in the same way. If anything, yeah. men are... Because sometimes shit's unfair. ...actually seen as more reliable after they become a husband and a father, and a woman is seen as less reliable. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, reliable for what? It's interesting yeah. too, because the other thing about liberal feminism is they forget that there's a lot of women who work in pink-collar jobs, especially... And that's why a lot of, I think, working-class people is a end pink up being conservatives job? because they feel completely ignored by this idea of, quote-unquote, uh, equality. If you're a woman and you're a teacher or a nurse or a job that's secretaries not, type of women in it, do you feel oppressed at your job because you're a woman? Probably not. Maybe your boss is probably a woman. Most of your coworkers are women. You know, they don't necessarily identify with equality. And, and their husbands might work backbreaking blue collar work. They might work in carpentry or, you know, construction, something that premium that has a premium on men's physical strength. So trying to tell them, so getting them to care whether or not 
I don't know, Hillary, Hillary Clinton, per se, gets to be president or any woman who works. She better in my lifetime. In a white collar job on a coastal city is uh, getting the corner office. And that's, quote unquote, equality. It doesn't necessarily translate to women who don't work in those kinds of environments. And they're like, we need more tangible things I can see in my workplace and not just female faces in these, you know, gender neutral jobs, per se. Yeah. Um, but b- before we go ahead, because Savannah, you had more to say about liberal feminism. Um, I just want to like quickly define terms because a lot of people. Speaking of boys in pink collar jobs, I had a male dental hygienist. Uh, gay guy, obviously, but people don't understand. We're getting in there, boys. Liberal feminism versus a radical feminism. Um, just a brief sort of history of feminism. Basically, uh, in the 60s, 70s and 80s, there's a sort of schism in the feminist movement between radical feminists and liberal feminists. Uh, radical feminists believe in a uh, massive restructuring of the world and that you have to sort of like the whole system basically is like fucked up and you got to like change the whole system. Uh, There's a lot more to it than that, but it's very like very um, brief, but a liberal feminist generally believe in trying to work within the current system, like working with capitalism, whereas radical feminists are usually more on like the Marxist kind of side. To be fair, liberal feminists in the uh, 60s, 70s, 80s. How she's so boring on 1.25 right now. They were largely behind passing laws to give credit where it's due. Liberal feminism hasn't always been this like weird, like sex posy, toxic nonsense that we see nowadays it did it did um it did do good in its early days boring but nowadays like liberal feminism is liberal in the same way that neoliberalism is liberal or that libertarians are liberal because Whoa. they take the concept of individual choice and that freedom totally and, that, and they just take it way too far it's like they they only see they see progress as women being treated closer to men rather than women prioritizing things that are in our best interest in balance with men, right? You're ruining it for us, ladies. And I think that's a very different concept, right? Uh, And I think where they differ from radical feminism is radical feminism understands women as a sex class, meaning we are a class and a group of people that have specific needs that we should prioritize but that was you know deemed too radical and you're trying to restructure society and they would call them feminazis basically saying that women like that who think that women as a as a class should be accommodated in accordance to our needs as part of the human experience given the fact that we are the majority of the population and we're responsible for creating yeah they are the majority that's a good point why the hell are we treating them like they're some sort of real minority all of the they're the majority they shouldn't be complaining ever population should have that be front and center whenever we make decisions but um, obviously, that's not necessarily compatible with capitalism, right? Because capitalism is always going to prioritize exploitable labor. So liberal feminism became more preferred in capitalist systems. And also just a quick word on, on branding, sorry, but people think radical equals bad extremists. Oh, you want to blow shit up. People think radical automatically means bad. Radical feminism is only referring to a restructuring of society. That's what we are referring to when we use that. Um, liberal feminism you know, people think, oh, but liberalism is good. And yeah, like a lot of underlying. I mean, I, maybe I'm missing something. Is there an instance where radical in front of something is good, though? Are good. Like the ideas of uh, anti-coercion and freedom and equality and all that stuff. Those are all good ideas. But what we're seeing nowadays is it's taking it too far. It's failing to address some of the structural issues. I feel like this segment, I could be wrong. I've just been in a daze listening to this. But I, I, I think that they would have knocked off almost every square in a bingo square. That are that. associated with patriarchy. Here's the thing, Ugh, I hate the patriarchy. Here's something, here's something that liberal feminists fail to understand. Liberal feminists, by definition, is exclusionary. If everything is feminist, then nothing is feminist. It can't. It can't be this whole. If I choose to do it as a woman, then it's feminist. No, that's horseshit. That's not. You know, as a woman, you know, we can do things that are not in our best interests, either individually. Good point made. Radical skateboarding. And as a class, radical as well. surfing, maybe. You hear this, like male gaslighting about feminism. They'll be like, oh. 
FDS aren't real feminists because they don't believe in equality. Gaslighting is not real. They believe in female supremacy and like feminism is about equality and therefore you're not a real feminist. And it's like, no, guess what? Feminism is for females. Okay. <laughs> and what is a female, Lilith? I think this is Lilith. It's, uh, it's not for men either. I think they actually did an experiment. This was um, in the UK and it was to do with racism. And um, essentially they had um, like children of like color pretend to be the oppressors in quotation marks for a day. Um, and it turned out that the children of colour didn't treat the, the, the white children anywhere near as badly as um, the white oppressors in quotation marks had treated them. So even if, say, you know, there was a matriarchy, I still don't think women would treat like men anywhere near as badly as they've treated us. Oh, 100%. Yeah. A while back, there was a guy who developed a computer program to quote unquote prove that FDS are female supremacists. Men tend to assume the worst. Like, they think that... <laughs> Is you ever someone made a computer program that is women hilarious. were in charge that we're going to start treating men the way that they've been treating us or the, the way that men wish that they could treat us because I get DMs on Reddit all the time from guys talking about how they want to put women in concentration camps and use women for like breeding farms and like forcibly impregnate us and stuff like that's what guys fucking fantasize about when men fantasize about yeah. male supremacy. The one thing I've noticed with a lot of these weird male. I mean, we obviously both think that we're the best gender and that's what's fun about it. Is that we're all thinking we're the best. I think the problem is men got too far ahead and you go, we kind of were like, yeah, see, it's, uh, it's not even really a debate anymore. So then we kind of have given women some stuff back. So now it's fun again. It's a fun, fun little war. Extremists is they are counting down the days till they have sex bots and artificial wombs and then they'll have no use for women for women then and i'm like you know how much easier it would be to replicate sperm than it is to create an entire function oh yeah but who's gonna do it a woman scientist get out of here womb system and then raise a child from infancy to 18 years old we will have the technology to replace you before we will have the technology to replace women Either. Yeah, if a fucking Elizabeth Holmes get out of prison. Um, and most men wouldn't be able to afford the technology anyway if it did exist. They'd, they'd be priced out of it. It kills me though that they assume that women won't do that. Cheaper than some of you chicks. Before men developed the technology to get rid of us. And so they're count they're banking on the fact that we don't treat them like they would treat us. The, the other thing is that I find it funny that they think that we are afraid of that. That like they'll sit with a smug sneer like, oh, we're going to replace you with like sex robots. Like, <laughs> like. I'm, I'm, I don't have a problem with that. Like, I would love a world in which we could put, like, all of the shitty low-value men in a room with their fucking VR headsets and pocket pussies where they can go off and, like, masturbate all day and not shoot up malls and stuff like that. Like, I actually think that would be a better solution to male violence. Put them in their own room with their, uh... Sounds pretty good. Feeding tube, like a little hamster. And... <laughs> but anyways, back to the original topic, which is why are men trash? Uh, we talked about... Sorry, Savannah, I don't think you finished your point. I'm sorry, I kept interrupting you. Apologize, but did you have anything more to say about... On liberal feminism it's essentially lowered the barrier for men in terms of access to women, um, especially if you know, women are now earning their own money, if we're now more independent. It's almost like women are bringing you know, more to the table as, you know, as I've like, briefly touched on before, of the expectations of like, men have regressed. And so then we're at this stage where women are automatically bringing more, have more to offer in a relationship than your average man. They always, they always lament that women today don't cook as much. And I'm like, First of all, most of us just don't have as much time. But when's the last time you saw a guy build a shelf from scratch or do any of the traditional like qualities and hand craftsmanship that men used to be able to do? What, what does that even mean? When is the last time you saw a guy build a shelf from scratch? I mean, yeah, if you have a wood shop, I guess. Do you understand what goes into making shit like but that? They no longer have time for it either because we all have to slave away for capitalism. But I just think that it's funny that they highlight all the ways in which women have had to abandon more traditional... First off, everybody has a kitchen. Not everybody has a fucking wood shop, okay? No 
quote unquote women's activities in order. And I assure you, when those that shit shows up from Amazon, it's the guys who are putting it together to progress in a capitalist system. Versus, they don't recognize the way that men have done that as well, right? They, they they're good at playing video games now, and oh, we can, oh, we can go on that. I have so much. To, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna go in. We're gonna go fucking in on video games. But before we do that, I want to point out men don't have useful hobbies anymore. That's my other kink: is men who have useful hobbies. <laughs> I, 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 n- hell no! Like I'm not talking about. I'm talking about things like, you know, woodworking or knowing how to fix a car or I don't know, just literally fucking anything other than video games. But most guys, video games, it's their only hobby is porn and video games. And what I have a problem with that is it's about consuming. It's very like passive. Things like woodworking or mechanics or whatever. These are, I consider these creative outlets. It's about creating something and building something. Mechanics are creating something per se. Taking energy out of the world. And so the sorts of hobbies that average men have nowadays, it's all about like, you know, extracting things from the world and not about giving back to the world at all. I mean, if they were programming video games, I feel like there would be more room for discussion. But most of these guys, I mean, like you said, they're just coomers and consumers. And I was reading about how, you know, video games give men a sense of accomplishment and a dopamine hit. And so a lot of times it's, it's a pretty... I mean, I do think it works well on like your sort of mental reflexes to play video it's games. Like, it's a way... And you're, you know, your brain is definitely stimulated playing video for games. men who are not good at other things to feel like they win <laughs> at something. And there's a very select few that are good enough at it to monetize it and become, you know, like PewDiePie or something like that. So then it sort of justifies itself because they think, well, there's some guys out here who are very successful at video games. So you can't say it's bad because some guys can make an income off of it. But for most of them, they're not going to be able to do that. And then secondly, they are using it for the dopamine hit um, of a fake accomplishment rather than a real world tangible thing that they've added value to society. And I think that is kind of... I, th- I just think that's a very dangerous loop for men to be in. It's become like the new SoundCloud rapper to me. When I see guys that are gamers, I'm like, oh, okay, so you don't have a job, right? <laughs> and you don't- what? You know how many normal guys I know who have real jobs and all that stuff who just come home and that's what they like to do? Play games. <laughs> like, yes, what? there will be some SoundCloud rappers that become successful, but the vast majority of them are just... That is one of the worst analogies I've heard these chicks say on gamers. this podcast. It's just like, it's a hobby, but you need to kind of, you know, unless you start picking up steam, especially by like your mid-20s, Maybe there's guys that make it into their 30s, you know, and start becoming successful at this. But it's like, this is a young man's game. If you're not, if you're not, you can't only focus on this and not build any other tangible skills that are going to make you marketable. Because by the time you hit 30 and you haven't made it, you're going to be out here, you know, being a mall shooter because you've wasted your time. No, but first off, no mall shooters are in their 30s. You're way past your mall shooting prime in your 30s, okay? This is a fuck. That's a young man's game. Like the idea of being at successful at video games is such a ridiculous concept. It's like it's a fucking hobby. What are you talking about? It's just like you know, it's something you like to do. Successful at watching cartoons or something. I don't even play video games, by the way. I don't. I'm not a gamer. I used to play when I was in college, but like, but again, it's just like they're just playing it. I don't know. What 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 about all the Candy Crush? Playing by chicks and all things like, uh, unless you're one, yeah, one of those like esport guys that's making a lot of money. They literally make millions, though, the top ones. Yeah, so those, the, the very, very tiny percentage of men that are making a lot of money, or you know, I'll give credit where credit is due. I do think that to create a video game or other forms of like dig- digital art, I consider that a creative outlet. And I, th- yeah, that's that's like top level stuff to be fair. They take years to develop, exactly. Yeah, so I think like mad respect to people who create video games, but for people out there who are largely unskilled and just play video games and don't really have much else going on them and gone for them in life, um, yeah, and I also, yeah, think- obviously, that's not like obviously what you're saying is not great. Yeah, draw a line here because a lot of uh, our audience are women who also game, right? And so when we criticize video games, a lot of our own audience... Oh, your like, audience also games. Interesting. I just want to say, like... Interesting. A bunch of gamers who need to listen to a female dating spot. 
strategy podcast about female staying gamers alone. and male gamers are not the same at all. The women yeah, I know who Candy game Crush. are usually well-rounded people with like other hobbies. They bathe first of all. They know they're supposed to bathe every day. Oh, got them. Yeah, not their whole life. Like they don't got... live in their mom's basement. Guys, gamer guys, like they even describe themselves as a gamer. Like that's their whole life. That's every you know their life is game. I get messages again on Reddit all the time, being like, "Yo, what's your problem with video games? What's your problem with porn?" It's just really unmasculine. Like, these guys seem like such betas. Coomers and consumers. Yeah, like, they're just... Porn's unmasculine? So unmanly. Like, they have the audacity. Like, all these fucking red pillars. Like, they're so beta. They're so passive. I, I'm calling, uh, I'm calling yeah, it. I'm, I'm calling it coomerism and consumerism is killing, is what's killing men. It's like, they're not creating anything of value. They're not, they can't even be present because they're so used to consuming everything in life, right? And having everything be readily available. And they have that weird, creepy coomer stare because all they do is look at big anime titties and like gaming titties and then gaming you know they don't know how to interact with women or, or the way you know if they're always on the uh the live interaction games and they have their own language and it's a lot of times very racist or or uh it doesn't they're they're uh the skills and social skills they develop in within a video game culture doesn't necessarily translate outside into the real world so again if they don't make it as gamers if all your humor is gamer based and then you try to go work a job and talk to regular people they're gonna be like bro what are you talking about not if you go work at gamestop <laughs> yeah. like, it's a by the way it's not just guy things my literally ex-girlfriend is a video game designer so like i don't know my, my point being that like i think men who game are usually obsessive and have nothing else going on for them in life women who game are usually just more well-rounded and seem to have other hobbies and they don't yeah. like to take over their life and so for any ladies listening in who you know think we're judging them because probably actually games, we're not and for those of you who think it's a double standard, yes, it is a double standard because it's based on facts, okay? <laughs> facts, okay? Well, women too, like, women get dragged for not being, like, real gamers because they don't, they're not willing to sacrifice literally everything about their life to be successful at a video game. So that's why a lot of times women get perceived as fake gamers. And that's just because they don't, they're not willing to just sit in their own filth for days eating Cheetos to be good at something. <laughs> yeah, you're not as hardcore as me. <laughs> I'm on any or, you just, or you just don't have what it takes to get there, ladies. Like, job fished by a gamer one time on online dating because he was like, oh, by the way, I'm self-employed. And I was thinking, oh, cool. So, like, what do you do? And he was like... I stream on Twitch. Berg, I mean, I know some people can make a lot of money playing games on Twitch, but this guy was working in Lidl, which is like the US equivalent of like the dollar store. So I was like, unmatched. Well, it's a hobbyist versus a professional sport, right? Like there's guys, I mean, Obviously. there's nothing wrong with playing basketball if you love basketball all day, but like you got to also build other skills because you got to put, you got to feed yourself, right? If you know you're not going to make it, you know you're not going to make it to the NBA by the time you're like 15 now, 15, 16. There's some, there's some exceptions to that. Um, like I think Steph Curry didn't even think he was going to get drafted, but obviously he's one of the best players in the NBA. But like now they're scouting the NBA and a lot. This is one and a quarter speed. A lot of these um, sports, professional sports leagues, they scout kids from the time they're in seventh and eighth grade. So it's just it's just a matter of these guys not understanding when it, it's you know it's time to hang it up as a hobby or at least scale back as a hobby and build tangible skills if you just don't got the juice to do this professionally. Gamer culture is very misogynistic. I read actually, or actually I listened to this podcast and I guess, I don't know if I should plug it, but it's called Behind the Bastards. And uh, the host, and I guess we'll link it, maybe we can get a sponsorship from them. But the host uh, made a direct connection from gamer culture to what then became red pill culture, which I think is the next topic we wanted to go on. Because game. Oh, here we go. And they don't even know about Andrew Tate yet. Gamers. Uh, a lot of these gamers, they were using like the old pickup seduction tips and then found out it wasn't working. And the, and the earliest forms of online forums were for gamers. So that's where a lot of these misogynist ideas started to cultivate. And then the red pill was able to harness the power of these types of guys and uh, give them a quote unquote system, not unlike a game to get women. So they had they were already groomed for the mindset that there was some kind of like. Is it life just a game? Come on, uh, 32 more likes. I'll give another 
thing away, another channel membership. Although I don't know if they gave away the first one. YouTube just gives it away automatically, so don't just so secret combination or code they could use to have cheat codes to unlock pussy. Yeah, cheat codes for women, seriously. And they were they were disillusioned with the old like you know nice quote unquote seduction. And so then when they started developing these ide- these red pill ideas, the nice seduction though was even like borderline rapey or shit. That was the stuff where you like. Throw showing up at someone's house. Remember, like the throwing the stones at someone's window. Imagine doing that shit right now. Apologies. It was based on the idea that you could, you know, they, they have these catchphrases like "enjoy the decline" and it's it's amoral, and it was all about gaming women, gaming women, uh, hacking women so that they could uh, be successful. Hey, but, but if you can hack a woman, then what are you to blame? Word like game is used in video games, but also like, oh, you know, I've, he's got good game. You know, to refer to a guy who who reels in a lot of women. They literally see relationships as as a game. Yeah, and using the term real means you're just a bunch of fish. Um, and, you know, there was that article that said, like, female dating strategy turns dating into a game. We're not the ones that turned it into a game. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, we weren't the ones that turned it into a game. Like, we were presented with a whole generation of men who already see it as a game, and now we have to come up with counter strategies to respond to that. Fair, uh, but yeah, the next fair. thing that we wanted to talk about was how red pill culture has infiltrated like so much of modern dating culture to the point where I just don't like, I, I just don't even see any possibility for a lot of these young men. They've just been totally indoctrinated to be, to literally like be abusers. Like that is their objective is to be in an abusive relationship where they are the abuser. So this is what they say. And I, you know, I don't recommend spending any time in the manosphere, but since this. we do this now is like our primary focus in life. Uh, I spent enough time in the manosphere to kind of learn the lingo, kind of trying to see where they came, where they're coming to their conclusions from. So it seems to me in the sex positive culture era, um, there's in their eyes, there's winners and losers. And what happened was that women only wanted to have casual sex with the most attractive men. And these men who discovered the red pill were not those guys that basically they had this idea that guy, I don't know if they use chads, but that their substitute for chad is alphas, that there's these alphas and betas and that alphas get all the sex and then betas only get uh, lowly worthless commitment. Yeah. That has been a law of nature since ever that's not a new thing from <laughs> which they see is worthless they have this they earlier did this whole thing where they were it was very like aware of them to say like you know it's kind of like we like to watch guys fight and it's kind of like animalistic and then now they're saying this right, and they see that no linkage endless meaningless sex that the you know I don't know. I assume someone like a professional athlete would get, you know, someone who's very rich, very handsome. Maybe a professional mixed martial artist, potentially. I'm very wealthy, very fit. Um, so they want to be those guys. And so what they taught them was a series of psychological tactics and a way to subvert what common culture was at the time, or and kind of still is, uh, subvert what had become our, our, our sex posi culture brought to you by liberal feminism to work for their benefit and against ours as women. And so they had this idea that... Um, they could, uh, it, it's, I mean, it's negging, right? It's the old seduction negging stuff, but it was also, um, whatever the cultural expectation was, they, they would subvert it into their favor. So for example, uh, I know liberal feminism was really trying to push the, oh, you should pay 50, 50 on dates and you should, uh, you should, uh, uh, make sure that you, uh, ask a guy out first, et cetera, et cetera. And so what they would do is yes. they would use the fact that they didn't have to pay for dates to say, okay, well then you could just spin plates. You can just go in and exploit these women who think that, you know, them paying 50, 50 is on. The- I mean, again, Saying, even saying that they should pay 50 50, like that the women are like, we should start paying 50 50. That is a strategy in a game. Their way to a relationship, or that they're engaging them in good faith, thinking, okay, we're getting to know each other. We want to be in a relationship, <laughs> or with the, you know, with the hopes maybe one day it doesn't have to be perfect and, you know, we may decide not to do it. But they started pushing for sex earlier, uh, declining to pay for dates so that they could, they could game all these women by having all these women that they're dating and having sex with, with the expectation that 
it would likely lead to a relationship if they started with it was always a game casual sex and then it never did right knowing that they had no intention of doing that <laughs> and so that's the way they were able to exploit sex positive culture and what i think was liberal feminist goodwill extension to men to selfishly just feed their own ego and disrespect women while doing it on purpose i'm so glad you made that connection because i've never i've actually never heard it put that way before that red pillars are literally exploiting this sort of idea of what it means to be a good woman under liberal feminism like women have been conditioned i mean these are their rules though what what are they they said are generally women are dictating the rules of play when it comes to relationships and stuff like it's very much in their favor so you know again if we're just exploiting the rules but you know like if there was a betting line it would be like women plus, you know, women would be like minus 120 and guys would be plus 100. For a while now to think that if you want to, you know, you got you got to have it all. You got to be 50-50. You got to do this. You got to do that. And then that idea has not uh, been an olive branch to men like what liberal feminists originally thought it would be. Well, that sucks. Turned around on us and is now being used to exploit us all over again. Total bummer. Exactly. Yeah, that's and that's shame. where FDS comes in. Because we cut the crap. <laughs> Queens to the rescue! Because we go, no, I reject all of this. We can either have a relationship that benefits women or no relationship at all. Sure. The interesting about red, the red pill ideology is that it literally says that like a man's worth is directly tied to how many women he sleeps with. And so we're taking that and we're subverting that back against them and being like, okay, like if you're going to be... It's all just going to wind up in them not becoming whores and then becoming whores again. Just in some cycle. are going to sleep with you. And casual sex has gone down drastically. Have you seen those statistics where it's in the past generation or so? Like, didn't it drop by like 40% from any amount of sex they had in the last year or so? And I can't help it. It's because of COVID, dummy. Yeah, like Gen, Gen Z. This is 2021, by the Z, way. They don't fuck. Gen Z doesn't fuck. I think it was millennials too. And it was, yeah. And it's like, I, a lot of it is because why? The sex is crap. These guys are just sitting around being coomers and consumers. They don't have the social skills to interact with women. And when they do, they're doing this red pill crap. And, uh, you know, it's just become not a venture that's worth it for women, right? And men aren't developing real skills to get women to have sex with them, which has generally been pro-social skills rather than this uh, negging, abusive, crazy... Anti-social. Anti-social red pill stuff. Like, I like to compare certain ideologies to, like, certain mental disorders, right? So I say that libertarianism as a political philosophy is narcissism, where you just take benefiting yourself to the extreme. Red pillars are like if you take sociopathy or psychopath behavior, literally anti-social personality disorder... And then make that into an ideology. And then that's what that's what's permeating modern Antisocial. A lot of the red pill stuff is all self-improvement. Culture for men right now. They're not learning social skills. They're learning antisocial skills. Yeah, they're learning how to exploit generally women who are engaging them in good faith or women who are... Women are not... Men and women are engaging in good faith on the same level. There's no scenario where it's like, oh, well, men are not engaging in good faith, but women are. It's the they same. They're really already Come emotionally on. damaged, right? Like the type of women who sleep around generally because they have see I, there, people are gonna be mad to say this but like one of the things that we, we put out there is that women who are sleeping around a lot all that dick is awesome just not good that's just like statistic wise like i too much do dick. not believe them we, we are not buying the like sex the sex in the city version too of much dick let's just let's just let's like, just these guys are garbage in bed or, or average at best and or you know they just don't have to be mad to say this but like one of the things that we, we put out there is that women who are sleeping around a lot 
all that dick is just not good. That's just that's just, what just, Andrew Tate said. That's literally the one of the things that all these people are like. Andrew Tate said that makes him a monster. Wise, like I, we do not believe them. We we are not buying the like sex the Sex in the City version of empowerment. That they're just too much all this dick. Guy. It's just a nonstop party time. Like most of these guys are garbage in bed or, or average at best. And or, you know, they just don't have the dick to do the job like our last episode. <laughs> like we like we gently explained in our last episode that just, you know, physically, physically, some men just ain't going to cut ain't going to cut it. So, you know, us when we look at the women that they're trying to game, it's either women who are engaging them in good faith and going 50 50 and trying to do the right thing and virtue signaling, et cetera. Or the women who are really are like the I sleep with anybody for any reason. I have like severe emotional, you know, dysregulation issues. <laughs> but then they take that as like success. Yeah, I, I would say rather than framing it as like women who like sleep around, I would say it's more women who like crave companionship and who go out on. And it's very sad, actually. A lot of these women will go out on a limb and they'll have sex on the, the third date or whatever. because they Third date? A You're acting like, wait, third date? You're acting like that's some sort of concession here? And after that, and then mo- more often than not, he just ends up ghosting her, right? What started out from the woman's perspective as like an extension of good faith and like making herself vulnerable and trying to like maybe build a connection. And so she's thinking, oh, if like I make him wait for wait too long for sex, then he'll lose interest in me. So I have to have sex with him right away. Yeah, he will. I want to keep his interest. And then the guy's just like, yeah, well, I got what I wanted. So like, peace out kind of thing. And then she's left. Sometimes. Not always. Ripped off, basically. The reason why I made the distinction between the good faith one, which I think you you described, in, and then the liberal feminist posi, sex posi type is because I feel like the liberal feminist sex posi type are doing it for the attention and the – I almost think like they're in denial about the reality of the situation <laughs> in, a, in a way that I think women who are engaging in good faith are not. And that's, you know, I think why a lot of times we go in on like the fake sex posi types who are – they're just trying to prove something to it that's just damaging themselves. They're trying to prove something to men that they're a badass and they can sleep around like guys can and, and that they live this empowered life. And it's just all a lie versus the women who are not saying that, but like trying to actually date and meet men who are getting screwed. And I think those are actually two different types of women. So here's the weird thing is like, I've actually never met a single woman in real life who actually thinks that sleeping around is empowering. That's something I've only seen online. Like this liberal feminist, uh, you know, I'm such a badass because I fuck a different guy every night thing i've actually never met a real woman like like in real life see i have oh and, they're out there man this is so i'm gonna I'm tread lightly but like generally they're in denial I, and especially in college i felt like there was a sizable group yeah that's all thing is tricking college say kids. one thing and then they're drinking themselves stupid every night right it, i've seen that dichotomy in action where oh yeah, yeah like if you're talking about just like the messy women like yeah messy there we go uh the cat the cat marnell's the that blonde girl from call her daddy you know the the sort of Whoa. like messy blondes who just like not just blind. I mean, I've seen it all over. <laughs> yeah, true. This is, this is race neutral. But, uh, <laughs> sort of messy women who just um, they sleep around for the validation um, and the social connections and to feel like they're part. of Blondes not a race. Of something, and it's an identity. They built their identity around being sex positive. They built their identity around being sexually. We built this so identity. Than se- it being an expression or part of who they are, it becomes their entire identity. The good time girl. Yeah. Yeah. But even that is very sad. Dudes love those chicks because the. Like, a lot of them are very mentally dysfunctional, like, really. Like, a lot of them are, yeah, like you said, they drink themselves. Preach, sister! Every night. Um, if you see them on social media, they're talking about how they don't give a fuck, but then, you know, especially if you were dorming with them or you're friends with them long enough, you just start to see through the cracks in their bullshit where, you know, for every guy, like, they're, they are crying over the fact that some of these guys don't call them back, even though they're all on social media, like, on to the next one! You know, <laughs> men are like, bus, like buses, they come every 15 minutes, you know, and, and you just kind of see... They've created this identity that I'll suck any dick anywhere. Or I'll do whatever. I'm down for whatever. I'm this <laughs> and like I'm better than everybody else because I, you know, I, I, I mean, got it like that. And all it's these guys a want type me. of being better. It's kind of like I don't know if you guys have Maury Povich out where you are. If they used to, 
they used to have these like out of control teen segments and like in hindsight it, they're super problematic but uh, especially because most of these like they're literal kids they'd be like 13 14 years old but you just see them engaging in this like reckless wild behavior and they'll be like i fucked a guy for a cheeseburger and what you know and then like <laughs> and then in your head you're like girl why <laughs> girl <laughs> i mean the <laughs> my point being that famously the cash man girl who's a made like 50 million dollars last year yeah, these people do exist but i feel like they are vastly overrepresented in media okay yeah first of all because of how ridiculous they are it's like a, their lives are a train wreck and so they're weirdly like more morbidly entertaining to watch um but again like it's it's a it's another sort of weird grooming thing like the all of these people are out there and you know um advertising this sort of idea on social media and then it sort of trickles down to real life dating and but mo- no the women i know in real life who have casual sex a lot of the times they what they what ended up being casual sex is because they thought that it was the beginning of a relationship and the guy just ghosted. So, yeah. So it seems like it's... Yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, you roll the dice. Maybe it's the beginning of a relationship. Maybe it's not. The thing where the loudest people are the ones that are actually the minority, but they seem prominent. But they're, for- they're the ones forming the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. They're the ones that the media keeps giving the microphone to. And I'm like, these women are mentally fucking ill. Stop letting them write this shit. Like, preach, sister, preach. They're all on drugs. <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. Like, I don't really... They're, yeah, they're, their lives are it's train super base sometimes. I guess they're supposed to be entertained, but like they'll, they'll prop them up as sex experts, right? They'll literally say sex expert, dating expert, dating and relationship expert. And I'm like, what about this person makes them an expert except for the fact that they have no self-awareness, shame, and are willing to do whatever with anybody? And I don't think that's the same <laughs> of an expert. I just feel like that's a person... That's just a reckless person. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't call a person that just eats nothing but chicken fingers and McDonald's all the time a food expert just because they eat a lot of shit. Damn. You're like, spot like, on. Martha Stewart, they're sampling the best shit, right? I, I want a dick connoisseur. I don't want like a dick glutton, right? <laughs> That's actually such a good point. I would I would love to see. Yeah, I'm tired of listening to these dick gluttons, okay? These like McDonald's <laughs> dick consumers, right? Yeah. Um, I want to see stealing more, her analogy. Like, women out there who are, yeah, dick connoisseurs, like wine tasters. I only deal with luxury dick. I want luxury dick. If there are any, if there are any dick connoisseurs in the comments, please let us know. Sound off <laughs> about your luxury experiences. We would love to hear them. I feel qualified after our last after last <laughs> week's episode. To, to <laughs> yeah, and all our, all yeah. These your girls do call themselves dating experts, but I guess they're saying they only have luxury dick. Connoisseurs in the comments of that article. Dick connoisseurs, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But honestly, it, it, the whole red pill thing—it's one of those things where I don't know. They've flown too close to the sun, and now the wax is melting, and they're coming and crashing down. Like women are because so many uh, red pillars are prominent social media personalities. Like women are wising up and are learning these tactics, right? Like if a guy tries to neg me, I'm like block, block and delete. Yeah, block and go delete. Outside and I feel bad for him because again, this isn't the 19th. 19- I mean, it is a powerful strategy against. But again, you, like I remember when the game came out and stuff, and uh, after that, and then like you see guys neg, and then girls knew about the negging, and then they'd neg you back, and it was just two pieces of shit, and then no, they ended up having sex. They're they're banking on I'm going to be 35, and my options are really going to open up. And let's just keep it a buck. If you were attractive, you wouldn't have gone to the red pill in the first place because you would have already gotten a lot of women and if you think you're going to substantially increase your sexual market value um over a certain age to anything other than women of your age like you're just kidding yourself you're, you, you know you're not like you're not tom brady let's just keep it like 100%. even all these guys that are handsome and rich and have everything these guys wish and think they want they're generally married to age-appropriate women right like they're married to probably equally attractive women but you just not are not seeing like gargoyles get super hot wise unless they're like ridiculously wealthy and powerful like wine like harvey weinstein literal billionaires yeah yeah the rest that's of how guys, that works you know it's just not the way it works that is how yeah. it works so just to wrap it up and tie it back to the theme of the episode which is why are men nowadays so low value i guess it could be summarized <laughs> as men are just as misogynistic as they've always been if not more so the only difference is that now they don't have any of the benefits that would normally come with the traditional you know male role they've got all of the misogyny of traditional gender roles but none of the positive masculinity like paying for dates or 
building a house or fixing your car or, you know, being a supportive father and community member and so on. And so a lot of women are just realizing that men ain't worth it. Most men nowadays just don't have anything to offer a woman. All they do is consume and take and take and take and they don't give back. They just don't do reciprocal relationships. And so I'm glad that more and more women are starting to realize that and are realizing that there's more to life than finding a man and that it's better to be single than to be with a low value man. Please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy as well as our website at the female dating strategy.com. All right. That was episode 11. That was a pretty good episode. I might, I must add, that was a, that was an excellent, excellent episode uh, of the female dating strategy. Please throw this stream a like and we're going to start episode 12. Uh, let's get to 150 likes. Have they given away, has YouTube given away the subscription? Does anybody know? Did I miss it? I don't know how that works, but the YouTube should on its own just give these um, thing away. Oh, this is this looks like a banger episode. Episode eleven. FDS gets entangled with sex work Twitter. Oh shit! They're about to find out that you that sex work is real work. Hold on, let me just modify the screen here. And I'm gonna go. We're gonna take. I don't have any break music set up, so I apologize for that. Um. This is a new graphic. Why are they fucking with the graphics? Nobody asked them to fuck with the graphics. These graphics are fine. Anyways, there we go. Um, I am going to go. It was a decent one. I'm going to go grab a, a white claw because I think I need, a, I, I need a drink. I'll be back in 30 seconds. And we're back. Got my white claw. Little watermelon lime smash. Never fucking even heard of that. But these women caused me to drink. Uh, Gerard, B, B plus episode, you thought? what's Gerard says B plus episode. What do you think has been the best episode then, if that's a B plus episode? I thought that was... Uh, I thought that was a pretty funny episode. I don't know. I, maybe that was... Maybe we're... we're uh, Viewing it from a, that, that one just made me laugh a lot of the stuff they said. So, so I th- might be doing it. Anyways, without further ado, episode 11. Let's put this. We're just going to start this bad boy in one and a quarter speed. Yeah, we're there. All right, episode 11 of the Female Dating Strategy podcast. Let's go. What's up, Queens? Welcome What's to up, the Queens? Female Dating Strategy podcast, the meanest female only place on the internet. I'm your host, Ro. And I'm Savannah. And this is Lilith. And uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but we had a little bit of a blow up on our Twitter this past week. Just a little one. Yeah, just a, just a teensy little one. FDS versus uh, only. Let me know if the levels are okay with a here. Slight sprinkling of BDSM Twitter as well. Yeah, sex work, sex work Twitter. We had a feud with sex work Twitter, basically. I don't know if you guys saw the drama, but we can read it out. I would. I just wanted to say I wanted to talk about this on the podcast because, first of all, I didn't. I I didn't write those tweets, so I can't take credit for it. But reading those definitely made me reflect on some of my own experiences as former sugar baby and so i kind of wanted to oh former sugar baby so in terms of because we've all been trying to rank them by hotness so i'd say this is lilith i believe but this might be real i don't know but uh, i think so she if she's a sugar baby we all know savannah's probably last and then uh, but before we do that let's uh let's go ahead and read what the actual tweets were for those who aren't in on the 
Yeah, it was like it was like a massive blow up and by far our most singular tweet engagement that we've had so far. Just so you know, by the way, these chicks post wild shit. I'm just going to so I don't know if this is who it is, but these chicks post really Really crazy stuff. I posted this in our Discord. If you want to join the Discord, uh, become a patron member, patreon.com slash low value mail. But Lilith, uh, which again, I don't know which one is Lilith. I think it's the Canadian one. She wrote this the other day. The way that Muslim men make eye contact with me is so deeply unsettling. Arab men in particular have the rapiest eye contact. And then she posted a photo of a bunch of women in burqas. And she goes, honestly, I sympathize with women who choose to dress like this. I probably want to cover, too, if I was surrounded by men whose gaze made me feel like I'm in immediate danger of gang rape. These bitches are wild. Uh, I don't know if we would have predicted this would be the one, but um, apparently we really uh, ruffled some feathers there. Yeah, we ruffled some feathers, <laughs> uh, jangled some corsets and uh, kicked some dildos out of uh... ruffled some dildos. Yeah, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but anyways, let's, let's go ahead and read the yeah, boo button. Use that as kind of a starting point to, to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So the series of tweets that we made on our, our Twitter account was basically pointing out all the places in which sex work Twitter has started to creep into the mainstream saying they're fighting stigmas, they're pro-feminist, they're pro-female, and that's not supporting them as anti-feminist and anti-female. And then pointing out the hypocrisy of that, considering all of the things that they continuously do that are attacking women, that are anti-female, and that are contributing to the dehumanization and abuse of women, and especially women of color. So this is just basically a clapback to that ever loud and growing cohort who decided they need their work, quote unquote, validated at the expense of what would be civilian women, which we describe here. Civilian, um, civilian women was a, a colloquial term that sex workers use for women who are not sex workers. Um, and, and this series of tweets was a clap back to that, which saying like, it's very hard for you to claim some kind of feminist superiority and then try to guilt trip people into supporting your content when a lot of your content is actually the problem. So this is what these series of tweets are about. So just brief history, the entanglements between <laughs> sex work Twitter and FDS has come in the form of media critique from sources like Vice Media and other sources of women's media that have been pushing the pro-porn narrative. So if you notice in our tweet history, we posted different articles and uh, excerpts from, my, from Vice, from Mashable, from Allure, from different magazines that have had these like narratives where they're grooming or pushing girls into sex work or trying to obscure the reality. I'm going to try to find these tweets. An empowerment narrative. And so for uh, for a lot of our, our um, people that follow the subreddit, they know a lot of times we post tweets like this to be somewhat provocative on purpose to point out the hypocrisy. So we've, we've had actually a history of doing that. It's just that this set of tweets blew up in particular because a lot of sex workers started to jump in and respond to it versus the other ones where... All right, get to the better. tweets. Um, okay, so starting off them? with the first one, uh, how sex workers can support civilian women. Number one, stop making content that sexualizes rape, pedophilia, incest, misogyny, or racism. This is normalizing and reinforcing harmful stereotypes which contribute to civilian women's abuse. Yeah, see, I don't see what's offensive about that. It's like, don't be racist and don't be misogynistic. Oh my God, that's so offensive. Like, what? You know, I know, right? I think a lot of the oh, I found it. came from sex workers who were accusing FDS of blaming them for... Like men's depraved sexual desires. Yeah, yeah exactly. But the thing is, though, they create the demand as well. It's, the demand. It's, it's a cycle, you know. You know, Men demand it, they provide it. And then men demand, demand it some more, they, they're happy to continue providing it. So, you know, they are complicit. You know, whilst we're not saying that they, that they invented, you know, racism, paedophilia and incest, they do, they are complicit. In, in catering to those desires, yeah, yeah, exactly, and and essentially normalizing it. In Ew, don't normalize that stuff. So, a couple of different angles of criticism that we got from sex workers were either like, "Oh, it's just fantasy, and you can't compare fantasy to reality," and these types of things have no effect on real women. And we posted a lot of uh, different studies that showed that, yes, in fact, that porn is regularly depicting 
uh, criminal sexual activity as heteronormative practice, meaning like they're they're normalizing what would be criminal sexual activity. That's stuff like creep shots, that's stuff like rape, that's stuff like uh, pedophilic uh, grooming. Uh, Makes some, like somewhat of a point. Um, and also racism. And we've seen stuff like, uh, I think we... I haven't seen so much. Uh, I've seen a little the bit. Trump administration. This surge in the See, IDE, uh, detains migrant oh, worker. So I have seen some racism pornography, but it's always been... Yeah, I guess it's it's usually yeah white on. Uh, it's always like a white woman and a black guy, but it seemed to kind of be like the sh- the shtick there, if you know what I mean. Um, all right, porn, um, which is particularly horrific because a lot of women in in ICE custody did get raped, were raped by ICE agents. It's horrible. So this tweet yeah, is calling to task sex work Twitter saying. You are contributing to these dehumanizing stereotypes of women by entertaining these kinds of quote unquote fantasies. And that's actually part of the reason why sex work gets stigmatized is because content like this is actually quite offensive. You, you're, you're making light of what is actually a, a horrific situation for people in ICE custody. And uh, and when they say it's fantasy, it's like, well, whose fantasy are you catering to? Racist old white men? Like, it's actually quite disturbing that border guards, members of ICE. I don't know. So dismissive of the themes and the content of this. Um as just fantasy or saying like, well, men are demanding it. So that's where we're making it. And I'm like, well, then I don't feel like you're, you're actually supporting other women by making light of what is a crime. I mean, like to give an example, like I talked a few podcasts ago, how my first sexual experiences were literally, you know, porn was the classroom where I'd sit, you know, I was 14. I was dating a 16 year old guy. He'd been watching porn for years. He showed me, he showed me some videos and yeah, they were, they were pretty violent. And I remember seeing that and he said, this is sex. This is what I want to do. This is what, this is what, uh, he didn't say like this is heteronormative practice, but that was what he's implying, right? What and year so, was this? Who talked like that? Uh, it's dark, really, that a lot of young girls are getting these kinds of narratives and are thinking like that is what sex is supposed to be. And it's not healthy intimacy. I don't think we should be teaching people that. Right. And to be clear, we're not blaming desperation survival sex workers. We're, we're blaming like OnlyFans, like a specific group of sex workers who choose this profession and want to normalize it and get like really aggy about people on Twitter that are critical of this and call everybody a swerf and a conservative Christian. Or What's whatever. a swerf? That's essentially who are criticizing. A lot Never of the most more marginalized and don't have a choice aren't the ones that you're seeing in like the porn of this. It mostly seems like women who are, they're young women, sure, but a lot of them they're choosing this because they think it's going to give them some kind of like fame or recognition or, or they just fucking want money. Like, why is that not a consideration where all these girls are like, you know what? I'm my dumbass bullshit job sucks. I make no money at it. I still post videos and photos of myself on Instagram kind of looking pretty scandalous. So I'm just going to take the next step and make a bunch of money. I have more to add to that, but I want to I want to get through the tweets first, because I don't think it's just that they're choosing it to to be like there is a lot of a lot of that behavior is informed by trauma. But I I'll get to it's informed by trauma once once we get through the tweets. Tweet number two. Uh, insist that your regular clients disclose to any women in their life that they use your services. The culture of silence from sex workers is unfair to other women as they are being robbed of their choice not to participate in Fair. a monogamous relationship. Yeah, so a lot of sex workers saw that and were like, oh my god, how preposterous. Like, why would I ever do that? <laughs> right? But that's the thing. That's the problem. By That reaction itself is problematic, right? Um, it's true that a lot of sex yes. workers would never obviously tell their... Rat on the Johns! Because that would put them in danger. So that's a good point. But at the same time, like, by acknowledging, oh, if I do the right thing, I'm in danger... That's itself. It's like an emperor has no clothes moment where you're pointing out that this thing was not actually okay to begin with. 
and and you can't say that you're pro woman if you're willing to look the other way when because a lot of sex workers say oh um you know men talk about their wives and you know girlfriends and relationships a lot of them in the thread were making out like you know how am I supposed to know this but in the same breath they'll be saying you know we hear a lot about people's relationships a lot of them liken themselves to therapists they actually say like I'm like a therapist exactly. I've heard that a lot exactly and Cope? putting other women's health at risk like especially in terms of things like HPV um, a lot of sex workers they don't that they don't ask for for STI or STD tests from their clients and you can't get tested for HPV. So they are literally putting other women at risk. And even in cases of where... We've spoken about this many times, though, and a lot of people have said in the world, there is a vaccine for it. Whoops. It's not even physical, like in real life sex work, where it's just online, you know, cam girls, OnlyFans, that kind of stuff. That's real. That, like we see on subreddits, like porn free relationships and stuff where women talk all the time about how porn and OnlyFans and how their boyfriend messaging girls on OnlyFans is taking away from their sex life or is making them feel bad about themselves. And so even in cases where STDs are not a risk, it's still harming women. 100%. And it, it also begs the question, if, you know, sex work is work like they say, then why is it so controversial to expect? Like ethical boundaries. I mean, all professions have like a, a code of honor or like a code of ethics. And so I don't see why, like if in fact sex work is a legitimate profession. It is. Why there can't be a code of ethics associated with it. The main point of this tweet to me was just pointing out the hypocrisy of their business model being based on that. Sex work code of ethics is a pretty funny concept. Oops. Um, helping uh, men to hide their discretionary activities from other women who they know in their life would not accept it and coddling their egos when they... Uh, tell them stuff like my wife at home is a bitch or a harpy or whatever like and these women exist to validate a lot of that shit even if they don't actually believe it yeah a lot of a lot of sex workers will be like oh my gosh yes like your wife is such a harpy bitch and so that's creating like a feedback loop where the man says oh i'm I, like he'll lie to the sex worker and then she'll validate the lie and then he'll go back to his wife and be like you're a harpy bitch like other women are saying so exactly so that's one of those things where sounds like the sex workers aren't really allies be transparent about what their business model is. Their business model is to cater to the ego's wants, needs and of men, no matter how depraved and no matter how dehumanizing to the subject. You know, obviously they were up in arms over tweet one where we suggested, could you not make dehumanizing content? And they took a real issue with that. Um, it's not like just a simple exchange of sex. It's a constant coddling of everything a man wants and they don't want to have to draw boundaries as, as you can tell from their reaction to our tweet series. They don't want other women to have any boundaries about it. Yeah. Or they don't They don't think that the women in the relationships with these men deserve to have any boundaries. It's because, though, the entire sex work industry thrives off women just having a lack of boundaries. That's the reason why they reacted so badly to it. You know, having ethics and... Not the, of a boundaries, a lack of boundaries. It's just it's a transaction. I don't know. There's a market for it, and women are taking advantage of the demand for themselves, I guess. And, you know, boundaries is incompatible with the sex industry. Yeah, it, it is. That's exactly it, because the sex industry is unethical. So asking them to have any boundaries or ethics around it, in fact, seems ridiculous. Like, deep down, they know that it's <laughs> uh, impossible. By the way, the, the chat is up in arms right now over the no boundaries things, because all they do is have boundaries. The whole thing. Well, boundaries sounds absurd. Yeah, because the, the product they're selling is the dehumanization and disrespect. Yes. I think they don't want to admit that. So that's why they go into the narrative of. I'm a therapist, but when you ask men why they visit a lot of these women, it's specifically because they don't have to respect them as people, right? Because they're an object to them. And a lot of times they know the stuff they're doing is fucked up. And they're like, well, I would never do this to my wife. Like, because they want, they want the experience of being able to feel a certain way at the expense of women. And to not care about them. You know, they say like, you know, you pay. Um, it's a transaction. That's all it is. A prostitute to leave. That's why you pay her. Yeah. That's, that's the business <laughs> model. So yeah. Um, 
Three, stop lobbying against legal protections for women who are involuntarily coerced into participating in sex work because you may personally lose money. Please support and prioritize the safety of women and children first or the expansion of the industry. Ooh, there's a lot to say here. This also has a history of entanglements with FBS versus sex work Twitter, uh, which started actually during the the lockdown where uh, sex workers started lobbying the media. And there was a couple of media pieces that we critiqued where they were saying that they were essential workers. Oh, my God. And that they should <laughs> exactly my reaction where I'm like, why not? I mean, if if you're going to say that, a, you know, a grocery store like stalker or, you know, like reshelving this restocking the shelves or cashier is why um, not? your business model is actually very, very incompatible with the fact that we all have to stay home as to not spread disease. If your business model relies on customer contact, like physical customer contact, therefore you are not in compliance with covid and also you're not a necessary profession because literally nobody's going to die if they don't get their penis tug and no one's entitled to sex as well so you're not it's not essential that you have sex it reminds me of like christians were being angry like um oh so you're saying church is an essential service but abortion is yes (laughs) exactly that's exactly what i'm saying (laughs) so there is there was some clap back from people around that that was like Oh, you guys don't care about sex workers. Oh, you hate women. Oh, this is misogynist. And it's like, no, your profession is literally so funny that they are getting called misogynist. Essential about your service, period. Like men will be okay if they don't get their penises wet for like a couple of months. Well, I guess a year it turned out. But at the time, yeah, no, we didn't know how long it would be. I, I just want to say, like, it's it's ridiculous. I really am against this premise that that they're perpetuating that sex is a need, just like oxygen or food. It's not. Like b- people acting like, oh, sex is a basic need for all living things. No, it's not. <laughs> a lot of animals in nature she's like uh, their entire lives yeah no it's not i haven't had sex in uh 14 months and 23 days and seven hours so yeah no it's not mating uh, like a lot of male animals especially they'll go through their entire lives not mating and they they're not like dropping dead right a lot of humans don't have sex and they're fine yeah like are you really telling me like all these monks in monasteries all these like nuns in convents throughout history they were just like just like dropping dead here in front. they're on the verge of death on the verge of death their entire lives because they're not getting laid like nah yeah so sis slow your roll the second slow your roll sis and sex work twitter was obviously we've been very uh vocal in our uh disdain for the porn industry and there's been a few people who have been industry. really instrumental in uh putting the spotlight on uh on tube sites like uh, x videos and Pornhub, and one of them being layla micklewaite which we hope to god we can get her on the podcast one day um but she was really instrumental she went after Pornhub. Uh, started highlighting all the ways in which they were not responding to women who were being trafficked, how they had had child pornography on their site, um, how they had had uh, rape on their site from women who had documented there was rape and how unresponsive and unsympathetic they were to women who were involuntary. In uh, other note, though, actually, Pornhub's Instagram account got taken down today because of all this stuff, actually. So this girl is is doing some shit. She's, she's making some whips. Posted on their site. And there was a, a New York Times article that came out that did a profile of a lot of these girls, some of which um, who were under, underage, who were taking pictures for their boyfriend. And some of them, uh, they didn't take the pictures. Their boyfriend might have snapped it of them um, when they were having sex with them and then uploaded it to the tube sites and how the entire process of trying to get it removed, you know, only replicated. And now forever and ever, their lives have been affected by the fact that they have sexual imagery of them um, on the Internet against their will. So Sex Work Twitter came out when these when Pornhub was trying to restructure their business model and get rid of all this rape and and uh and involuntary porn and created this conspiracy that this was some kind of christian right-wing conspiracy against them and they started doxing and harassing some of the women who came forward in the piece that's fucked up sex work twitter that's pretty messed up sex work twitter they were explicitly going at the end of the day these things just become like any other organization that there's a lot of stakes and there's a lot of money involved and they 
act the same way. Oh, changing this is going to affect our revenue. This is just Mm -hmm. another way for them to criminalize sex workers and and basically prioritizing their own pockets over the fact that a lot of people are feeling it's far past time for uh, Pornhub and the other tube sites to try and uh, mitigate the type of content they put on their site. So that was a thing that did happen. They were very, it was blue check sex. So that's a thing. Twitter. So it wasn't just like random anonymous people. It was prominent sex workers on Twitter who were attacking. Layla There's Cole, verified sex workers. Uh, uh, I guess porn stars. The author of the, um, he was attacking the author of the New York times article about um, the involuntary porn and Pornhub. And um, to me, they're a part of the problem. They're basically saying that like, Oh, this is going to affect the way that we make money. So you guys can't do this because haha, what about us? Right. And so this tweet was taking issue with the fact that, uh, they've gone from just like advocating from basic protections for sex workers to this entitlement from this idea that we have to expand this industry, no matter how many other people it hurts to expand the industry. Yeah, that reminds me a lot. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, um, in Canada, we have the oil industry. It's mainly in Canada. Alberta. And so Albertans have this weird like pro oil. This is the Canadian section of the show. Culture, because a lot of them work in the oil industry. And so <laughs> whenever there's any kind of environmental protection, like, hey, maybe we shouldn't like make the world. <laughs> maybe we should fight climate change. Every single one of them, like, there's this whole culture of like hating environmentalism in Alberta because they per- yeah because they're all goddamn fucking Kremlin assets personally might lose money and so yeah I just want to tell these people like just because you personally might lose money does not mean that these you know you gotta you gotta take a step back look at the bigger picture have a bird's eye view of the thing it's not just you personally being affected like it's affecting other people as well yeah they've become they're basically capitalists and some of these people I suspect are sock puppet accounts of pimps basically or men. But like for the ones that were legit, like blue check verified, it's been very clear that it stopped being about protecting women in the sex industry and started being about protecting the almighty dollar and the ability for these women to make money. And no industry has the right to make money at the expense of anybody else. Yeah. (laughs) Sex industry, oil industry. It's kind of libertarian, isn't it? Doesn't matter what industry you're in. If it's hurting other people, there deserves to be regulation. Even if the people working in that industry might lose money. That's life. But they don't want to accept that. And so they've, they've no, considered a lot anarchists, of these things a crusade. And they'll even make fun of us for being like, oh, like you only you care about for the children. Like they'll put it in air quotes. Like they'll make fun of you. Like, oh, you're doing this quote for the children. But actually, I wonder how these chicks feel about all the grooming stuff and like the drag queens. So you just hate sex workers. Like, why is the idea of child safeguarding become a thing that people think is OK to mock? Like, how can you? Yeah. Where did that come from? How can you make fun of that and not realize you're the baddie? They, they try to right wing. Chicks are super based sometimes. Christian conservatism, and so then they can just say anything that's associated with that is bad rather than taking it as. Christian conservatives probably love these chicks. Argument by argument. Yeah. It's such a lazy argument. I see this all the time. It's like, oh, you're saying something that reminds me of like right wing Christian alt right people, and therefore you're exactly like them. It's just they're, they're, all they're doing is just othering anyone they disagree with, and it's just making it easy othering. for them to reject any kind of criticism, even legitimate criticism. Anyways, next yeah. tweet. Tweet number four. Please respect the anonymity of women who speak out against the sex industry but don't want their identity to be publicly disclosed. Don't put them in danger by attempting to dox or silence them or smear their reputation as part of uh, some conspiracy group. Which just goes back to what we said before, is that they were trying to dox some of these uh, girls and women who were being anonymous as part of the Pornhub story. But for a profession that prides itself on discretion, and even in places where it's legal, like the UK, you'll find a lot of sex workers choose to be anonymous... It's absolutely abhorrent that they would be doxing these women. Doxing yeah. victims of child porn. Like, that's so fucked up. Especially when they are Very raging, reasonable. They start raging and freaking out if clients dox them. That's what really opened my eyes to like, okay, this is entire feminist argument is actually being pushed by big porn because they tip their hand by being too transparent in their capitalist interests. These, these chicks are going to have a show on like the Daily Wire in a year. 
honestly, the way they're going. Over the interest of the most vulnerable people in society, which actually does include sex workers at the bottom portion of society, as well as like just regular everyday women, civilian women who get caught up in porn because of involuntary pornography and rape and things like that. So their masks started to come off during the pandemic. It started to dawn on a bunch of us at FDS who've tangled with sex workers even on Reddit or sex work Twitter that a lot of the arguments that they're making that are supposed to be quote unquote pro-feminist are really just trying to groom new women into the porn industry to ah. protect their interest and to uh, expand their client base. It's just an industry. Yeah. It's we like there's the something unseedy like about being a prostitute. We'll cloak misogyny with like woke you know, appropriating social justice language to oppress women. And, you know, misogyny is woke now. Uh, you know, oppressing women Six is more likes. progressive. And so this is just an ex- another example of that. Like, big porn, appropriating feminism to advance their own, you know, industrial interests. And then and then a lot of these women on big Twitter, or, you know, the blue check, whatever, Twitter, they're like, <laughs> they're complicit in that. They're like uh, the Serena Joys or the, the Aunt Lydia's, you know, for those of you who watch the, the Handmaid's Tale. They're the people within the system who are like a step up above you know the handmaidens or the other women and so they want to maintain their position of re- relative privilege i guess or whatever absolutely crumbs that they get from the patriarchy they want to hold on to that and so they dunk on other women uh to make themselves to, to i guess elevate themselves so there's nothing feminist about it like don't be fooled so moving on to tweet five uh if you want to talk tweet about five. your profession publicly please fully disclose the hazards of the job as well as acknowledging when your privilege affords you atypical opportunities help civilian women oh now they're talking about privilege fully informed choice yeah, this was the tweet. That was the tweet that made me kind of look at myself and realize that I've been guilty of that as well. Like on the BDSM polyamory episode, I said something along the lines of like, "Oh, like those six months of the sugar baby was the some of the best times of my life." Referring to things like the luxury. It yeah, probably was. And in hindsight, I now realize it's pretty irresponsible of me to say that. And so I want to take the opportunity in this in this episode of the podcast to sort of clarify some of those statements. No, 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 no take backs. You said that those were some of the funnest, best times in your life because they were. You just know that maybe in hindsight, you shouldn't be encouraging that kind of behavior. Drawbacks that I didn't talk about in that episode to give a more complete picture. Oh, okay. Of any, like, girls maybe more drawbacks. Know that it's not all sunshine and rainbows. So we'll, we'll wrap up a tweet. Sounded pretty fun. Into your story. Uh, so a t- tweet six, finally remember that supporting women is a two-way street. The expansion <laughs> of the sex industry harms many more women than it helps. So those of you who managed to build a successful platform, be sure to center marginalized women in conversations with your clients. Um, this pushing back on the idea that all sex workers are marginalized. There's more like women who are in the porn industry who are household names than a, a lot of other industries at this point. Uh-huh. Um, and they don't use their platform to talk about marginalized, actually marginalized sex workers, like women who would otherwise be homeless if it was not for or or who are homeless um if it was not there's for what and what the reason I what, say what? Is, um, there's no homeless women home uh, i mean i'm not even gonna get into it because this has become i'm actually noticing this recently this is kind of like a, a bit of a hacky joke topic because i've seen a lot of people cover it but like there's no homeless women if you're homeless and you're a woman it's temporary at best and it's one of the easiest things to get yourself out of uh, it's just, it's, it, this is a man dominated game. It seems like this group has been co-opting the victim language of truly marginalized people in order to never take responsibility for their content. Like, oh! Back to tweet one where they act like they have no agency over the oh! content. They and when it's clearly a choice for a lot of these women, Whoa! <laughs> like, there was this one dominatrix that went off on us. Um, she had an article where she talks about being in grad school and then like losing her a, a professor withdrew from recommending her because she found out that she was doing dominatrix work on the side and she's like well I had to because I had to pay my bills etc 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 and it came across to me like 
do you know you're not the only person that's ever had bills? Like, or you're not the only person who's ever had t- You know what I'm saying? Like, take time off to work. There's a lot of people who didn't have the opportunity to go to school mm-hmm. in the first place. But the way that they use the language as if, like, they were forced into sex work by economic circumstances when, for most of them, like, they made a conscious choice to do that, <laughs> to me, like, is a way for them to not take responsibility for the content they produce or the choices that they make, right? And they, and they compare themselves to women who are on the streets, a lot of whom came from foster care, um, women who are, are generally in sex work, especially street sex work, they're basically the working homeless. Um, men's rights activists, uh, <laughs> they're, and they're groups always drug make about the fact that 70, 80% of men on the street are homeless. Uh, the homeless like if are- you're doing sex work and you're not like in trapped in like a cycle of addiction, you could get off the streets men, pretty quickly. But that's because most of the women get into sex work, get into prostitution specifically and end up uh, having places to sleep off the street because it's very dangerous to sleep on the street. So they'll sleep you know, uh, in John's houses or they'll, they'll make enough money to just have a place to put over the roof of their head. But essentially they have the same kind of social issues or personal issues that prohibit them from getting gainful employment. Like a lot of the homeless men do, which is primarily mental illness, a lot of emotional trauma. A lot of these kids came from the foster care system. A lot of them are addiction. Yes. Chronically uh, ill. And so a lot of these people get into sex work because of two more that they have that prevent them from getting other types of gainful employment. I do not like that this group of choosy choice sex workers who choose choosy this as a choice sex are appropriating the language of marginalized people and then not platforming those marginalized people because it would probably cause them to lose work if they actually did. Because it's not sexy to think about like uh, a drugged out uh, uh, former foster kids who are acting out their emotional trauma because they were no, that's a very good uh, point by their birth parents or, or being in the system. And so this tweet is basically pointing out that hypocrisy of just saying. Listen, there's a bunch of sex workers that have like 100K followers on Twitter, millions on, on OnlyFans, a bunch on Pornhub, on TikTok, and none of them talk about truly marginalized women. They don't because <laughs> it fuck up their business model. It's actually worse than just not talking about marginalized women. They do talk about mar- marginalized women, but they only do it in a way that is self-serving. And so I think it's very insulting to see a lot of these women who are making, you know, tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars on only 150 on OnlyFans a month, you know, like the top 0.1% of OnlyFans, um, you know, comparing themselves to, you know, Thai women who were kidnapped off the side of the street to be sold to, as like a quote unquote wife to like a Chinese billionaire or whatever, or comparing themselves to say like, you know, uh, brothels in Bangladesh or whatever, like these two things are not the same thing. So it's not only that they're not centering marginalized women, they're actually exploiting marginalized women by using their stories to escape criticism and escape accountability. And as a way of perpetuating that industry that oppresses those marginalized women so i actually think it's not and and so a lot of people will say on the subreddit oh like a lot said marginalized women so many fucking times um by the way with the gift thing you got to turn on receiving it if to be eligible but i don't know when they give it away these even privileged sex workers are doing it because uh of trauma like maybe they were molested when they were a kid or like you know economic um, privilege coercion like that kind of stuff here's the thing like it's possible to be exploited and also to still be an asshole yeah (laughs) sure i had this line on the subreddit that people facts where it's possible for it to be someone who's exploited and also be an asshole being an asshole doesn't mean they're not exploited but being exploited doesn't make you not an asshole right like if you're exploited and you're doing harmful shit you're still responsible for it and the reason why this makes me so angry is because i've heard this line from people who have abused me in the past where they will say like like ex-boyfriends or whatever being like oh i had a hard childhood or you know i've been through this and oh i had a bad day that kind of stuff like abusive people will literally say like i am doing this because i was traumatized too and that doesn't make it okay right like it's when you're using your own abuse or your own trauma as a way of perpetuating abuse against other people, that needs to be called out. That yeah, is not fair. Case. That is actually pretty fair. That needs to be uh, pretty fair. That's actually even more of a reason to hold them accountable. You said it perfectly, Lois. Thank you. So you said these perfectly. Tweets, the series of tweets actually got me to think about myself and my own experience, and thinking about how I've done some of those things as well. But before I go into that story, a quick, <laughs> a quick message from our sponsor. 
some of these things are so painful to think about. Like, it's what? actually crazy how the brain will block out certain negative memories. They have a sponsor? Just to sort no. of, like, help you get through the day, <laughs> you know? And so when I, when I look back on the sugar baby stuff, but side note, like, some people think that being a sugar baby isn't sex work. Um, I think it is sex work. Uh, it's 100%. Being a sugar baby is sex work. That is the most cutesy way of referring to yourself as a part-time prostitute. It is definitely sex work. Babies will even say, like, I'm not a prostitute. Like, um, my sugar daddy pays for the privilege of my company. And if we have sex, uh, it's because I want to and not because he's paying me to have sex with him. And that's a complete lie. Like, uh-huh. uh, I can speak yes, it is. Experience. Like, you are correct, you know, was, sir. You know, when you're with a sugar daddy, you, you don't have the option of saying no. Um, well, that's just the end of the transaction. The first negative thing I wanted to talk about is it's very unsettling, actually, to be in a quote-unquote relationship with someone where you do not have the option of saying no. It would be well, like you're not in a relationship. Man wants a sugar baby is not a relationship. It is a business arrangement. It is not a relationship. It's a relationship as much as a, you know, a business has a relationship with one of their suppliers. Okay, but the woman, for whatever reason, doesn't want to because she either is not feeling emotional intimacy or whatever reason, right? She, she doesn't want to have sex. He wants to have sex, so he wants to compel her to have sex. A sugar baby relationship... A sugar baby, sugar daddy relationship is one of those relationships where she is compelled to have sex whether she wants to or not. And so I actually get really annoyed when I see other sugar babies being like, oh, no, I can say no if I want or, you know, this is my choice or I'm only having sex if I want to. I'm not a prostitute. That is a complete fucking lie. And it's yep. actually dishonest Correct. to tell other girls that because young girls are going into that thinking that that's what the expectation is. And then they're confronted with the male clientele that they don't see it that way. Like, they, they think that they're paying for sex, and if you don't give them sex, they will fucking rape you. So I don't think that that is a responsible narrative to be spreading. So, yeah, that's, that's the first thing I wanted to say, is that, um, first of all, every single, time I had to have, every single time I had to have sex with my sugar daddy, I had to be drunk because he was old and he was repulsive to me, and it was just impossible for me to, um, to you know, I had to get the beer goggles on, right? And, of course, like, 19-year-old me was like oh, 19 was like i had to get sloppy drunk every single time we had to fuck and the thing is is he actually really loved that like he specifically enjoyed the me being sloppy drunk and having sex with me and because there were some days where like the next day i'd be like oh really i'm really sorry like i got like way too drunk last night you know that's was irresponsible of me and he said um i'm actually like cringing and it's hard for me to say this oh please don't cry it's out loud because he would re- quote, unquote, supposed to be a comedy podcast for christ's sake for me by saying that, oh no, I actually love it when you get sloppy drunk like that. In fact, I have this fantasy, you know, every time I go out and I see all these like, you know, college age, like young, beautiful American girls getting, you know. Yeah, what's a sponsor? And this segment is brought to you by Roofies. Roofies made by Pfizer Genentech. Ask your doctor for Roofies. Super drunk. I always fantasize about being able to like pick one of them up and like date rape them. He didn't use the word date rape, Whoa. but that's what he's describing. He's describing like, I would love to be able to pick up a drunk tourist and have sex with her when she's sloppy drunk and won't remember and take advantage of her. And so like the fact that he told me like that is his kink, that is his fantasy. And he liked the fact that he could act out that fantasy without any consequences with me. Side note, like I'm not American. I'm Canadian. That's the most, that's the most offensive thing in all of this is they called me American when I'm Canadian. Oh, <laughs> I hear you sister. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's pretty trash over here right now. Yeah, not all the time, but right now. Love America. Yeah, don't let like, America. Don't let them bring you sorry, down. Greatest nation on earth. That I'm laughing. I don't know. I use I use humor to sort of get through the trauma. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so so I use humor to cope with trauma. So when people say I'm funny, I'm like, ah, that's because I'm dying inside. <laughs> it's, yeah, <laughs> just because they want to have sex with you. Um, it's not. Anyway, so yeah, he told me like, oh no, I actually love when you get sloppy drunk because it's my fantasy to like pick up drunk tourist women and like date rape them. And so I'm glad that I can do that and pay for your silence. Like. You know, so uh, 
and the, the fuck it's very fucking predatory and that, that's what i mean about like um you know when in the tweet that said stop making content that um you know normalizes things like rape or abuse or misogyny and that kind of stuff like it's really embarrassing for me to look back and when he told me that i thought that was a compliment like that's what i that's what i'm referring to when i'm saying your porn type like when a guy says that your porn that you are his porn type that is not a compliment to you personally that's like a statement of his own depravity and it is fucked up to well everybody's got a type complicit in that and i'm sure a lot of sex workers if they hear this they'll think like oh like you're actually doing a service because um by having sex with you when you quote unquote consented and you know then he's not going to be out there doing that to like women in real life I mean, first of all, there's no guarantee that he wasn't actually doing this to women in real life. He probably was. <laughs> you know, it happens all the time. Like, drunk tourists getting picked up by men and being, you know, like, fuck. In some cases, there was that woman um, in Australia who got, like, strangled by, because she was a tourist and she got picked up uh, and she and she died. Yeah, yeah, well, then it happens so, for sure. like, this kind of, like, you know, th- these sorts of things do happen and it doesn't always end. Yeah, there's uh, people want more jokes. There's no jokes to be had here, unfortunately. So, this is I mean, the dark segment of the show. Thing. Realize that I was- Guys, if we thought we were going to listen to 50 some odd episodes of Female Dating Strategy and it wasn't going to get dark at some points, then we were just lying to ourselves. So, um, so what are some, yeah, so what are, there's other things that happen like sexually that that's like too hard to think about, but <laughs> that I won't get into, but that was the main one that I wanted to draw attention to. Um, but, anyways, I have some notes here. Um, notes! Oh boy. Just hit us with the notes. I wanted to talk about like coping and how so much of the lies that we sort of tell ourselves about these things and how the brain sort of tricks you into being okay and I hate the brain unpleasant situations. Like for example, um, when we had our Disney episode, there were a lot of people commenting how Beauty and the Beast. Uh, we skipped it. It was shitty. Originally, was a story from like the 17th century that was told to, um, you know, aristocratic girls who were about to be married off to old men as a way of helping them, you know, they see themselves as some heroine who's putting up with a beast for the sake of her dad. And so it's the... Oh, interesting, actually. We missed that part, but that is kind of interesting. These fantasies or these stories as a way of... 1.5? I could do 1.5. Okay with, the way, the, with the fact that we're in a fucked up situation. Let's try 1.5 for a bit. Up, right? And so that's what, it, when we're talking, when we at FDS are calling out these narratives... Ah, that's a little too fast for me. Propaganda, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about these sort of stories that we tell ourselves mm. to make ourselves feel good about something bad. Like, just because we tell ourselves a story about something bad to make ourselves feel good about it doesn't mean that it's good. It's like, it's actually very Orwellian. Like, you know, it's not, the, it's not the 1. bad 2, thing that's 1. bad. 1.5 a little too fast. think about the bad thing that's bad. So if we change the way that we think about the bad thing, that will make the bad thing good, which is not how reality works, right? Could it's, be. What's disappointing about it is how much... What is reality, man? Media. I would expect that from media that was run by men or fairly neutral. But I've seen prominent feminists push these narratives. And you have to wonder, like, where their motivations are. I mean, we're, we're at the point now where we have to argue against feminists who are focused on the idea that the sex offender registry isn't fair to men who are on it. And I'm like, why is this a feminist concern, right? Like, who, who dropped in and created all these boundaries and rules about what feminism should be that so often seems well, to... Well, because there's just a general concept of fairness, I think, and they're trying to say that, you know, we want everybody to be treated the same. ...cope or not actually beneficial to women, and you can't help but feel that there's, like, either male mouthpieces behind this or they're just pick-me's that basically take everything that men say at face value and then rationalize it, similar to, like, the Beauty and the Beast story. Yeah, and so a good example of this, for any listeners here, I really recommend going on YouTube and looking up Dr. Romney. The title of this video is How Does no Being thanks. with a Narcissist Affect Your Body, Mind, and Soul? And even though it's about narcissism, I think what she describes in this video is very apt at describing how your body and your mind responds to any kind of, like, abuse or unpleasant situation. And so in this video, she talks about how the mind is very flexible. It will rationalize and make excuses and go through all these crazy mental gymnastics when you're going through something traumatic. 
as a way of making yourself feel okay about it. But the thing is the body is more honest. And so your trauma will manifest itself as physical illness. And then the soul, she talks about the soul, the idea of the soul, the psyche, you know, some people are critical about the idea of a soul to begin with, but what she refers to the soul is your sort of essential self. And she talks about how the soul will respond. It's also honest in some ways like the body, but it's also dishonest in some ways like the mind and how the soul, when you're enduring a traumatic experience, you will lose authenticity. You will lose your essential self to force yourself to adapt to a bad situation. And so that's really what I see a lot in sex work Twitter is that they're so fucking phony. That's really what it is. Bunch of phonies. Bunch of phony prostitutes. They're real prostitutes, but they're phonies. Lose authenticity. Someone pointedly uh, wrote on the subreddit about how a lot of it is just because they're trying to get money. So they have to present the image of the fantasy so that men will want to be with them. And I I even saw a sex... Uh, sex worker on Twitter Business. who didn't like our uh, our big dick episode <laughs> who was like all di- it was, she basically made an all dicks matter argument and it was like all dicks matter is a hilarious t-shirt oh man you know what I dream of the day when I'm just gonna have t-shirts on demand like that where I just think and I go that's a funny t-shirt and then boom it's, it's not available. okay to body shame men and that like little dicks are just can be just as good as medium sized dicks or curved dicks or whatever and I was like I know you have to say that you like all types of dicks so that men will purchase your services but I find it hard to believe you have zero penis preferences if you've been fucking a lot of guys, you have got to have some preferences there. But, you know, it messes up their business model to admit that. So they have to pretend. Well, the, you know, the, the old dick rating industry, you can't just all of a sudden say you like some and you don't like others because guys are out there dropping some serious money on dick ratings. I can take any dick anywhere. They're in denial, right? Can I make like, that's it louder? Exactly. They're, they're in denial about their situation because they're in a mm-hmm. business where you're not allowed to have any choice. You're not allowed to say no because you're getting money for it. So you have to be okay with whatever. Um, And so you tell yourself like, oh, I actually love all of this. I don't have any preferences. You you almost like compensate for the fact that you don't have any choices by saying this is my choice. It's very, like I said, it's very Orwellian. Um, But anyways, so, but back to the mind, body, soul. Yeah, I turned up the ladies a bit. Um, Or me down. The fucked up thing is like in the moment, you don't even realize that you're being traumatized. Like, like I said, 19 year old me was like, oh, like free alcohol. Like, you know, I don't even realize that I'm, I'm doing things that I'm going to be paying for emotionally later. Um, we all are, sister. Is, like after the sugar baby experience, I just we I fell into are. a really deep depression and was very. I had a lot of like anxiety and was having panic attacks. I started binge eating, and so I gained a lot of weight. And I talked about weight. I talked about weight loss, weight gain, and stuff on the subreddit a lot. And, and I'm not saying that to shame other women. It's it's informed by my. The own real question is where are we at now, though? Experiences my own trauma in that like. A lot of disordered eating. That by the way, I don't know why they're not giving away because uh, I YouTube's supposed to automatically give away these channel memberships. I don't know why they're not doing it. Maybe you'll get it after the fact, but but it will happen. Trauma, and it's something that you know. It doesn't mean that we should be celebrating disordered eating. We should be acknowledging the trauma and you know uh, addressing acknowledge the acknowledge that trauma. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I, I gained a ton of weight. You know, I was feeling like <laughs> shit for like years after the fact, and so looking back on that, I'm asking myself like was those six months of luxury travel and having a nice apartment and designer purses and all that shit, was that worth like the years of therapy and like subsequent abuse that I tolerated from men for years after the fact, was it worth it? No, absolutely not. Like in the moment. Well, but you might've still lived that whole aspect of your life. Even if you didn't do that six months, I mean, it was fun. But then after the fact, you know, your body keeps score. There's a Gavin that uh, was it Gavin DeBecker who wrote the body keeps score. Or is that a different one? I think that's a different author. Hold on a sec. Let me Google this. Gavin DeBecker wrote a different one, I think. Bessel van der... Yeah, so The Body Keeps Score, Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma by Bessel van der Kolk. So even if your mind is in denial about something, the body keeps score, right? Like, it, you end up internalizing that trauma whether you are aware of it or not. And so 
everything I quote unquote got out of that experience, this, the, what I thought was glamorous or, you know, I, th- I thought I was like so much better and like owning my ex-boyfriend who wanted to do poly by doing this stuff. Yeah. But, um, get off, get back at your ex-boyfriend by being poly with anything him. I got out of it. I paid back tenfold and, you know, therapy bills and putting up. And here's the thing, like in all of my subsequent relationships, I put up with so much shit from men because I thought I didn't deserve better. And, and here's the thing. I was one of the privileged ones. The fact that I am even able to afford therapy is itself privilege. There's so many former sex workers walking around out there with unresolved trauma who don't even know that they're walking around with unresolved trauma. And that pain is manifesting itself. Aren't we way. all, though? Could be worse. You could be American and like not have any health <laughs> Yeah, true. Like, so, uh, so yeah, yeah, that actually does blow. <laughs> that actually does blow. We're so horrible. <laughs> but no, even in Canada, therapy is not Canada. Like, you mentioned in another episode how like dentists are luxury bones. Luxury bones. Luxury bones, teeth. Yeah. No, we have the same thing in Canada. Like, dental care is not included. Canada. And farm, uh, drugs, like pharmaceuticals, are not included in our health plan, right? So, all of those. Oh, we get free. Oh, we get free therapy in the UK. That's the one thing that we've won against. Canada oh, in it, in it, bruv. In it, bruv. We got free free therapy in Britain. In it, bruv. I want what you have. So I want anything at all. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up having to pay out of pocket to just sort of get my shit together mentally, emotionally. And the, like, and I was lucky that maybe not lucky. I don't know. Cause I had a good paying job at the time. So, um, but yeah, like, like that's a privilege that a lot of people are not afforded. And so a lot of them don't go to therapy and they just walk around with unresolved trauma and find all these ways Isn't of it? coping. And a lot of times their coping mechanisms end up harming other women. That's what I mean about these fantasies and these um, fairy tales that we tell ourselves to cope with our trauma. When we go on social media and say, oh, like, being a sugar baby is great, and, like, look at my amazing luxury apartment, and look at all my traveling experience. Oh, my gosh, I love this. Like, but not mentioning that you're letting, like, gross men, like, fuck you in the ass, and you have to be drunk every single time. Like, that's, that's like, a dark reality that most people don't want to acknowledge on social media. Um, and I don't blame them for not wanting to share it, because... Some do acknowledge it, the It's hard to think about. A lot of people have a hard time even thinking about it in the first place. Like, even me, I had to think long and hard if I even wanted to talk about this. But I decided it was worth it in the end. I can't, I wonder if she loves Trudeau or not. Uh, oh, that other, is a good question. privilege I want to point is I only had one John. Like, all of this, all of this trauma. Okay, at least she admits she's a prostitute. Trauma that happened in the years after that was after one man. One man caused that trauma. So I can't even fathom how much... Oh, I mean, take a little bit of responsibility. it would be for some women out there who are seeing more than one John a day for, like, months or years even, right? And how much worse it must be. I agree. For, that probably would be traumatic. My advice for teenage girls out there who are you know, on YouTube or, or TikTok and are seeing these girls flaunt their sugar baby lifestyle is that that's only half of the narrative. There's the other half, which is the reality that they're not saying, don't do it. It's not fucking worth it. In the moment, you think it's awesome, but you don't even know that you're going to be paying for it later. And the, ha- the house always wins. That's the other part of this narrative. And you've- Who's the house here? Wait, are dudes the house? Or is life the I've house? I've seen that happen the last 10 to 15 years is there's been a bunch of these uh, prominent porn stars or sex workers who have gone on like for lack of a better term, like a whole redemption tour where like after they're done with their quote unquote career, they come out and then admit about how much horrific shit they were putting up with behind closed doors and then sort of repaint. But I mean, lots of people have jobs, not sex related where they say the same thing, you know, like you work some job and you go like, yeah, I was, it's terrible. I, I have cancer now from working in some of the asbestos facility. Show where they were exploited and how they were victimized. And that's been people like women oh, are not the only people who were exploited. Lee Madison and Mia Khalifa and Jenna Jameson, people who were really big porn stars in the 90s, early 2000s, 
And then they start to go to therapy and unpack how they ended up in the sex industry. And you find out from people like Holly Madison that like Hef was docking their pay so they wouldn't save money, like all the control he had over their lives. And you have to understand that this entire industry is run. He was docking their pay. So you can't win in an industry that is made for and by men. Because the house always wins. So as much as like a lot of these, but so men are the house. The money they're making now is going to be okay. Like patriarchy finds a way to reinforce itself. Whether that means that later, later you can't find a job because you did this porn, or uh, you're able, you're never able to save money because uh, someone like Hef takes like most of your savings. That like by the time you leave, you're still as penniless as as you were. Uh, when you came into the play, those girls have like the number five podcast in America right now. Actually, and they've started it. I wonder if there was it was going on when they're talking about this. Complaining about the fact that these other companies own her images, she has no control over all of her. Signed a bad deal. You ever see Stranded Compton? He signed a bad deal. Images that she did porn in, and specifically, she wore a hijab during some of it, which caused a couple of different countries to ban her. Oh yeah, there might be a couple different countries who don't care for that kind of activity. A couple of Muslim countries to outright ban her, so she can't even go visit family and friends in Muslim countries anymore. Yeah, it's one of those things where. The lure of the money and the temporary glamour is just... A, it's just. I mean, she's super famous, though. She's literally pretty famous for the three weeks bait. she's been born. It's a bait to get you on a hook that's going to like eat you up and chew you out. And I don't know that that's capable of changing as long as men are the primary customer base, which they likely always will because of how much more motivated they are by this stuff, and as long as men control the industry, which so far they always have. When Layla Micklewaite published all the executives behind Pornhub, every single one of them, some like middle-aged, gross-looking scrote, Scroat, Rosa Scroat. Um, yeah, the owners of the biggest porn sites. Um, yeah, yeah, the money trail always goes back to men. Yeah, every site. Always. What what sites are there? You go. Whoa! Like literally, it would be on the cover of Oprah magazine if there was some site. You go look at the the, the top ten biggest sites owned by women. And even, I think, do you remember it's when Pornhub worthy. had an account that was like Pornhub Katie and everyone assumed it was a woman? Apparently it was run by a man. I'm sure. It always is. Oh, I'm sure. They just put a woman so it wouldn't seem as horrific. Because some of the stuff that account would come out with, it was very, 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 very anti-woman. Um, and I think it came out a few years ago that it was actually a man. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. They were going on, on Reddit specifically and discrediting people who were talking about the traffic on the site prior to Layla Micklewaite really getting involved in the fight against Pornhub. Reddit literally had like Pornhub crawlers that would go there and then try to call all the people who were talking about the involuntary porn liars. Again, it was it was pretty transparent. It's fucked up <laughs> to me that people managed to like Pornhub had a, for a while there had a reputation as like a wholesome company, right? And so this narrative of like the the porn site with the heart of gold is uh, it's just marketing. It's it's just lies. It's just brainwashing. And so that's what I think about whenever I see these women talking about like the oh I'm like the OnlyFans girl, the sugar baby with the heart of gold, and everything's so wholesome and fun and amazing and and knowing that that's part of the manipulation. And just, and even like with sex work, I think, you know, what you, for example, like what you were saying, uh, Roy, about the house always winning, it's also the narrative that sex workers work for themselves. You know, I can make X amount of money in, um, you know, I can make, you know, what was it? Like, what did, what did one of them say? Like, I can what make, do they make? make what you make in four years. All sorts of. Yeah. Like, yeah. One of our mods did the math on that and was like, the median US income is like 30,000 a year. And so you're really saying you make $120,000 a, a week? Like, that's like. Sure, million, some of them do. Six million a year. Like, that's not. Nobody <laughs> makes that much money. From yes, they do. <laughs> Site owners, exactly. Some of them do. And no, 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 no. Some of them do. You know, recruitment propaganda because because it's like again, but you're not really working for yourself, though, are they? You're working for men. The MLM is a great comparison. No. Actually, OnlyFans. I mean, they take more money. Like OnlyFans, the cut is still in favor of the girl. Literally an MLM, and so you have to understand a lot of these women who are going there. It's a pyramid scheme. It literally is a pyramid scheme. So all these women. Going I mean, on, as much as life is a pyramid scheme, as much as being you know 
uh, citizen of a country is a pyramid scheme. Saying, oh my gosh, like, look all this money I made from OnlyFans. It's exactly the same as all those people being like, oh my gosh, look at this mansion I bought because I work for Amway. You know, like, sign up. No, it's not. Because you don't get a mansion selling Amway showing your asshole. Code. Like, all these OnlyFans chicks will say, like, oh, make sure to sign up for my co- with using my code or something like that. And they make money from anyone who signs up with that code, right? So it's important to understand these financial incentives. You know, when you're financially incentivized... Everybody understands the financial incentives of OnlyFans. Show your butthole more, sell more subscriptions, get more simps, make more money. It's to do something like that. It's not always, uh, it's not always, uh, it's not always a good thing, but yeah. Anyways, but, but I, I want to go back a bit to... You really get used to this, oh, this one, one quarter what, speed. What I was shocked to see is how many women were saying, like, oh, though. you just hate sex workers. Like, oh, you're just othering sex workers. You just think that you're better than us. Like, you're whorephobic. I, so, what the fuck is whorephobic, by the way? This just seems like another made-up woke word that I have no idea what they're talking about. Of, like, what is whorephobic? What they're talking about when they say whorephobia is, like, they're talking about something that exists, but I think that their analysis of it is wrong. But we'll get into that later. Um, but, like, they're saying, like, oh, you just hate sex workers. That's why you're criticizing the porn industry. And <sighs> it's the opposite. I'm not othering them. I don't, I don't actually don't think other them. Either. Better than sex workers, like I said, they for sure think they're better than sex workers. I 100 percent believe that. that. Actually, like when I see a sex worker, I think she's not all that different from me, right? Like she's a, she's one of my sisters, and so when yeah, ex- we put on our garter belts just the same, one leg at a time. She has criticizes the sex industry. It's not because we think sex workers are subhuman. It's because we recognize their humanity, and so things like OnlyFans, the normalization of porn and sex work, and all that, it's traumatizing and it's weakening an entire generation of women and as feminists we need to fight this this is not something that is in women's best it's not like this is great for dudes either like the dudes who are just obsessed with OnlyFans chicks it seemed like they turned it around on us like we're dehumanizing them by having a problem with the dehumanizing porn and to be fair generally we attack men on this and generally like if you see our subreddit it's pretty much entirely us dragging the fuck out of men this is drag them queens directly to sex workers like generally we critique men or we critique the way the media spins the narrative what? but we have critiqued sex workers in the past we think are basically engaging in dishonest practices that are contributing to these specific types of abuse so that's that's essentially their issue is that like the ones that can be held accountable and the ones that are choosing to do this they have a problem with that again like you said, it could be denial it could be them acting out trauma it, but i also think some of it and actually we can verify that definitely some of it has been from media grooming them to think like they're doing some kind of noble feminist fight by doing all this fucked up porn and that is a really really dangerous place for fair criticism about feminism to be or or the focus on female empowerment because you're never going to find them you're never going to find empowerment at the end of a man's penis it's just not gonna happen Ah, i don't know i've been pretty empowered before i have felt pretty empowered over at the bathhouse trying to frame everything like if we just become as sexual or if we use the male model of sexual uh if we use the male model of how sexual expression should be then we're making progress yeah that's like a trick that men have pulled over women being like, yeah, we're we're promiscuous. You should look how great it's going for us. You should try that too, we're ladies. We're betraying ourselves every time we try to fit into a patriarchal idea of what women should be as sex objects, right? Instead of focusing on what we want as women, how to, fo- how to focus our sexual wants and needs, they're focusing uh, making every type of depravity that men like okay and mainstream and saying that like if you criticize any of this then you hate sex workers that's what they're hiding behind because obviously if we say like like we've said multiple times look at the type of men who like to choke women out as sex and look at the type of men who are it's, to these i things. honestly i hate for this to be the hill that i'm choosing to die on but it's literally all women asking for this shit it's not guys idea 
ever. Like they're almost acting like, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Like, look at the pretty lady in the front who's telling you that you're like discriminating against her by like uh, criticizing this type of foreign, rather than under understanding that the reason why that we're criticizing this stuff is because we know the creeps that are behind it and why they are sexually attracted to this thing and what the long-term damage is of feeding women into this kind of machine for male depravity. Exactly. It's not dehumanizing to sex workers to be against the way that men are dehumanizing them. And they say all the time, like, oh, you're just hating on sex workers. You're never actually criticizing men. Bullshit. Like, if you know anything about us and what we do, we drag men all the fucking time. Yes, <laughs> go off, queen. Drag them. Right? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. You better look us up. You better do your research. But Whoa, at the same that's time, like women appropriating are black culture. Implicit in, in this. Yeah. And I also think, like, it's so funny because there's different people who say like they're unhappy with the amount that they <laughs> criticize women. Like some will say that we should criticize women more or some people will say we don't criticize women enough. Um, and so, yeah, like we don't believe in blaming women for everything. And we acknowledge that, uh, you know, patriarchy will often like often turn things around and like blame women for things that men do. But at the same time, we're kidding ourselves if we're pretending like there's no such thing as women who are complicit in, in patriarchy. It's like the female equivalent. Go of off Uncle Queens. Tom, right? Go uh, off. You know, women like uh, Gislaine Maxwell, for example, who are complicit. And a lot of sex traffickers <laughs> are, women. Yeah. are women. Like a lot of madams, like a lot of people who own these brothels in third. A lot of madams. A hundred percent of all madams ever have been women. World countries or whatever are women. Even first world countries as well. They're women. Even first world countries. Yeah. Women ain't shit, so says the Female so, Dating Strategy well, Podcast. Like we're kidding ourselves if we're pretending like women are always innocent victims and are t always above reproach. And have no agency. And, and have no agency. Yeah, but you know what? They say that women have no agency, but then you do say with sexual stuff that women don't have agency when you're saying with the sugar baby stuff that, you know. And that's the so. thing I find so fucked up about this whole conversation. Is so many will be, oh, I'm, this is my choice. I'm doing this. This is empowering. And then the moment you try to hold them accountable for those quote unquote choices, they go, oh, I have no agency. I'm a victim. I'm marginalized and so on. So which is it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. those groups exist. It's just that yeah. the, the former group is co-opting the narrative of the latter group to avoid accountability rather than like, and, and they're not even having the courtesy, a lot of them to actually listen to the actual women or platform women who are actually marginalized. Yeah. Cause it doesn't fit their narrative. Right. So it's so, there's so many Ugh. layers to this and it's so insidious and it's hard to have these conversations on the internet. Like it's impossible to nuance conversations on the internet. I don't know. Like with the, what is it? 280 character limit on Twitter, you know, yeah. <laughs> Our Twitter manager hung in there, but like, yeah, it's very a Twitter hard manager to have this conversation in like a massive pylon, like it is on the Twitter, um, and also explore the nuances like we are right now, right? And that's why sometimes I think when we write stuff, it comes across like very blunt, right, and very cutting to people because you only have so many characters, and we got to make a point. Like it annoys me when I write. Like I take the time, take a few hours to write like a multi-paragraph analysis of multiple angles and talk oh, about different perspectives fun. and. <laughs> and all that and take the time to really try to make it as nuanced as possible and to take different people's perspectives into account and then it gets cross-posted to some of the fds hate subs oh you just hate sex workers it's so fucking frustrating to see these i mean <laughs> you don't like sex workers but the subreddits that are run by men they obviously have a vested interest in misunderstanding this mis misunderstanding what we're saying here yeah they're committed to misunderstanding us yeah right it's, it's deliberate the if they make a joke with the pun misunderstanding i'm gonna fucking snap the other ones i think it's just because it's hard to have someone like us just like straight up put a torpedo through their entire worldview that's been carefully crafted by media, right? So it's easy to just be like, oh, well, they're swerfs, you know, or they're like just put a label on it and not like swerfs. actually understand the argument that we're making. But it actually is very, very concerning the slow creeping, quote unquote, normalization of sex work that's happening. I've, I've even seen narratives that said that like we have to support sex work to support like uh, people of color. Like this is the other thing that's been What? That's me kind of nuts about like the woke left in general but a lot of times they put these like convoluted justifications for stuff and then rather than having like an actual argument they'll just like 
have it said by a person of color or have it said by an LGBTQ member, and then somehow that justifies itself. But a lot of times they're pushing things that actually might significantly hurt people of color or LGBTQ people, but they just like have, you know, people like that who may not know any better pair it with the ideas that they're saying. Oh, I'm sorry. These people of color don't know any better. Why? Because they're people of that's pretty fucking racist. Say like, well, obviously this is going to help people of color, but it's never explained how or why. And this is when you hear, when you hear, especially like, uh, women of color feminists go off on quote unquote white feminism or liberal, like more often liberal feminism, but sometimes radical feminism gets caught up in that too, but just quote unquote white feminism is because so often the narratives that are started by women of color think ideas like intersectionality, white feminists kind of take it and then like, Ew, I hate white feminists. I don't know, chop screw, flip it and reverse it to something that benefits primarily them and then say they're doing it for people of color. But when you look at the tangible results, it often doesn't. And that's where, that's where that rift comes in. This could be an episode on its own. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I could I could talk for hours. Guys, tired here. About like you know using women of color as like puppets to advance their own fucking non their their own white interests, right? So another example of this phenomenon you're talking about is like I've seen some takes on Twitter uh, on sex work Twitter. Like it was like being opposed to the sex industry is ableist because there are some disabled women out there who use sex work to earn an income. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I think oh that is my horrifying. Gosh. To imply that, like, the only thing that disabled women are good for is sucking dick. So sad. Oh, this reminds me. This reminds me. I wanted to talk about this in the beginning. There used to be this website called bumfights.com. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, Bumfights was pretty fucked up. So from the early 2000s, there was, like, this website and a DVD series called bumfights.com. It was like... I just gifted another membership just to see, because I don't know why they're not giving them out. So I'm trying to... I don't know if you need five before they get given out. Like a prank series. But what they would do is they would pay homeless men to do pretty fucked up in retrospect they are right bum fights was pretty fucked up it was a different time i can't i don't get to choose who gets the memberships i'm trying to gift them because they're not being given away and i don't understand what's going on dangerous and dehumanizing things they would pay them to drink glass cleaner they would pay them to uh they put each other in a shopping cart and like wheel them out in the middle of traffic they pay them to stab themselves they pay them into getting a uh, bare knuckle bloody fights with other people it was really 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 brutal bum fights was fucked up these, obviously a lot of times drug addicted mentally ill homeless men and there was like an uproar around this because people were like this is clearly inhumane it's not okay even though these people even though these men these homeless men are willing and they are getting paid for it paid labor like it's paid labor no different than working at mcdonald's yeah <laughs> that was like kind of the justification that these guys the guys that were filming them making it was just a different time though it was just such a different era it seemed fine at the time like i don't know like 20 year old like douchebags and they were exploiting these homeless people and and eventually there was like an uproar because obviously it was inhumane and it got stephanie they get announced i don't know why you what's going on with youtube while they won't drop them because i i just gave five away just to see if if you have to hit five these guys went to prison for a bunch of others it'll happen at some point i I think i read one of them it might you have to turn on the the you have to turn it on if you want to be able to receive them but at some point you'll get them like five people will get them it was actually like these guys were just straight up sociopaths in addition to them doing this quote-unquote entertainment series of homeless men doing really horrible things now this population of people includes women and a lot of times these are the women who end up in sex work it's not okay to make an industry of sexually exploiting people like this yeah that's what i that's what i need them to understand like yeah like sex work is not a fucking band-aid for the failures of capitalism yeah oh oh preach god preach (laughs) testify it actually makes me fucking angry to see... Angry, doesn't it, right? They don't understand why we're mad, right? Because they're like, why are you guys so mad? But it is. It's- yeah, like, and, and they, t- they interpret that anger as hatred, but we're not yes, angry. allow gifts. We're not, like, hating the individual sex worker. We're hating the whole system. Yeah, you gotta allow gifts. And we have a right to be angry. <laughs> it's a fucked up system. 
Okay. The solution is not to, okay, let's make it totally okay for people to sexually exploit disabled, mentally ill, uh, drug addicted women out on the street. Basically because these like choosy choice sex workers don't want to go to jail and they don't want their johns to be like discouraged from giving them money. So they like lobby for these ideas with the idea that, oh, well, it's just sex. Why am I going to be in trouble for it? Uh, for some- I don't know. I'm with these chicks. Give away for free I'm- and get money. And you bitches out here sucking dick for free. And I'm out here getting money for this dick I suck. And, and they have this whole attitude like everybody's jealous of them. And I'm like, loser. The anti-sex laws are not for you. They're for the bottom portion of society for whom this will be an absolute goddamn nightmare. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, the solution to, you know, disabled people not being able to earn an income or like homeless women, the solution to that is to have a... A proper welfare state. Yeah, proper welfare. People are going to be like, oh my God, you're a radical Marxist. Yeah, I'm a fucking radical Marxist. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a <laughs> great am. should have social programs to protect the most vulnerable members of society, including disabled people. And the thing that makes me so angry is when they talk about these policies in terms of social programs is just the way they talk about disabled members to disabled women, right? So they'll say, I'm pro-sex work because disabled men can't get sex easily. And so they should be able to hire a woman to have sex with them. What kind of women are going to do that? The women who are very desperate. Stop it, right? Like, and, and, and It's such a double standard because they never say oh like disabled women should have the government pay to have sex male sex workers to go sexually service them no their solution for female disabled people is to say that they should suck dick for money and that they should be the ones going into and earning an income by being a sex worker because apparently a lot of guys out there have like a disability kink or whatever but again that's another fucked up thing like my sugar like my sugar daddy saying he wants to date rape a woman we shouldn't be caring these women are and these women are you know just um they're so much more vulnerable especially if you have good she hasn't said much Savannah has not been saying much to this episode, and she just drops that gem. Possibility. You really want to put them in a situation with a man who's essentially paid to rape them, and you think that's going to have a good outcome? Yeah. Like, the, disabled women are already more likely to face abuse. Yes. Even if, This is, I said this in the chat, but this is scrotalitarianism like, right here. Not sex, even outside of sex work. Exactly. Disabled women already disproportionately face so much sexual abuse. Did you hear that case of the woman who was in a coma who got pregnant? Because Yes. And she got, and they only found out when she was, like, moaning in bed, like, giving birth. That's when they found out. Because she was raped by, like, I think it was one of the male nurses. She was in a um, coma? He raped her for, and he raped her for a long time. Wait, 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 wait. Are they... Did someone in Reddit write Kill Bill as a real story and then they're reading Kill Bill like it was a real story? Anybody else? So, yeah, like, it is so... That's Kill Bill, right? (laughs) ...are standing up because this feels wrong. Yeah, it's because it's a movie by Quentin Tarantino. Fabulous movie, Kill Bill, Uma Thurman. Check it out ethically morally well-adjusted person you will look at that sort of statement and be like that is fucked up we should not be suggesting that disabled women put themselves in these dangerous situations to earn a living like the solution would be for the government to t- what but also i bet there's some who want that they go this is i that would be i mean some people are into that kind of danger uber rich the fucking billionaires and you know pay to have these dis- and to give them proper support and to give them proper, proper support, support occupational therapy pay for an apartment so they're not like one paycheck away from being on the streets like Oh my god, like it just makes you wonder who's behind this because it's like why wouldn't anybody in their right mind suggest that we make an industry out of sexually exploiting these people like and then call this feminist because I mean it's actually just point blank offensive on its face. It is offensive, yeah. Yeah. And and for the record, we we support the Nordic model which is uh decriminalizing women who sell sex and criminalizing buyers. Yeah. I don't think sex workers should be going to jail unless they're pimps. Like I don't think women who are traffic women who are trafficked shouldn't be going to jail. But we also cannot make an industry of men sexually exploiting vulnerable women, period. That cannot happen. That would be the worst thing to happen to women. I don't know why 
I don't know why this is really picking up the kind of semen. Yeah, you liberal chicks I mean, are out of your mind with this stuff. Sex work is one of the oldest professions to which I respond well. It's the like oldest Slavery profession. has existed since the beginning of time. Most people, the same crowd who argue that sex work is work, were also the ones marching for BLM. Yeah, but okay, relax with the comparison to slavery. Because obviously slavery in many or all instances was involuntary and then sex work to a degree is at least voluntary and, and, and in li- some cases like only fans it's very hyper voluntary of the people of color from i guess the residual effects of slavery but they don't they don't seem to connect the dots that you know the amount of that is such a terrible comparison is, it doesn't it doesn't really speak to its moral standing and do you really think these women in the times of the bible were collecting the coins when they were sucking dick absolutely not they were under the thumb of men I mean, pimps have existed since the beginning of time. Sexual experts. Yeah, because if you give them the coins and they go out and you come, they come back and you wear the coins and go, I don't know. Patient has existed since the beginning of time, not sex work. Yeah, and there's been societies that have had it be legal or like at least not criminalized, and it hasn't made it safer or better necessarily for sex workers. So again, I don't understand where this narrative comes from because it's not like we're the only society in history. There's other societies in history where like where brothels and whatever were all right. Bring us home. And it hasn't made everything magically better for them. So I don't know. Yeah. Like sex work has been legal, well, quote unquote legal, or like at least not criminalized for like most of human history. And I, and Savannah, I think the comparison of prostitution to slavery is like, I think we talked about this in the mod chat where um, it's such a good comparison because no, it's not. both started to exist at the dawn of civilization. Um, because like slavery, for example, started to exist because agriculture is backbreaking work that people don't want to do. And so, yeah. And fucking prostitution exists because also agriculture is backbreaking work. And some chicks realize to go, Hey, instead of doing, uh, getting my back broken, I could just get my back blown out. One of the ways that people would get agricultural work to be done is to enslave them and compel them and use violence to compel them to do work that they don't want to do. And prostitution is exactly the same way. It's about using violence to compel women to do sexual labor that they don't want to do. And so I don't think that that's like, they're both very similar actually as an institution. And if you're against slavery, you should also be against prostitution. Facts. Exactly. Facts. <laughs> I almost feel spent. Facts. <laughs> I feel like I have so much more in the tank. Now. I am I exhausted. Like, yeah, ladies. This is exhausting. This, this, I can I cannot stress how exhausting this is. Exhausting week. Oh my god. (laughs) I just hope for the people who saw the thread and like, you know, a little bit of the lip fem narrative started to crack just a little bit, (laughs) and they started to kind of understand why prostitution in its current form has been not legalized and made like a normal part of business for this long is because of the exploitative nature, and also like, just stop lying that this is an industry that's going to overall either empower women or that we have the kind of power in this industry overall, but it is controlled by men. It could. You just got to keep trying some more. The house always wins here. The house always wins. And, um, I don't know. I I probably missed some points, but yeah. So long as you support prostitution, men will always win. It's that simple. Yeah. It's that simple. Uh, and that's our show. Please check out our Twitter at femdatstrat as well as our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash. All right. We made it to the end of the show. That has been episodes 10 and 11 of the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. We're getting there, gang. We're getting there. It's an arduous task. I feel like I'm climbing a mountain, but uh, soon enough, we'll catch up, and then I'm going to get on this show. I'm getting on the Female Dating Strategy Podcast. If it's the last thing on earth, I fucking do. I appreciate you all. Have a happy Labor Day. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so. By joining the Patreon, patreon.com slash low value mail. Uh, we're going to have some merch and stuff. We're back with a new episode of Low Value Mail, the call in show this Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Uh, we're doing 
the topic is kind of your what are your life hacks? Your personal life hacks of things that you do that make your life better. It's going to be a positive episode because we're always in the muck. Anyways, thank you very much for joining the show. In terms of the channel memberships, I'm going to figure that out. I don't know why they haven't been given out, but you might just wake up one day and have one in your account, but I'm going to check into them because I paid for them. It cost me 30 bones, so I definitely want you all to get them. Uh, that's been the show. I've been J.D. Scrote. Have a lovely Labor Day. Until next time, which will probably be Wednesday afternoon. That I think Wednesday afternoon will be the next female dating strategy stream. Peace out, everybody. Have a lovely, lovely rest of your weekend. Bye.